0: One and all, it is day two of 971 The Freak. It is day two of The Down. Thank you very much for being with us this afternoon. We are here for one reason and one reason only, and that is to make sure you get home wherever you're going okay. And you get home with your head right. And that, um, you know, all is right in your world. We get you to the end of this day. My name is Mike Reiner. And I'm joined today by none other than Shale Saroy himself. Mike Reiner. Hi. Hi. I did something
1: today that I do one time per year and one time only.
0: What would that be? I'm almost afraid to ask.
1: No, shouldn't be afraid. I drank my annual cream soda today. Why is this a one-time thing? I don't know. I think because I believe the cream soda is one of the least make you sweat. There it is.
0: So abrupt. You got to have that. <laughs> you got to have Boy, that. that is abrupt. Hi groups. Hi shell. Yes, there should be in there. We got somebody else to introduce here oh, in God. just a bit, but go ahead. Well,
1: I want to hear the cream I, soda I, story. I I don't know if it's a cream <laughs> soda story. I started this probably when I was a mid-teen. And I think I enjoyed a good amount of cream soda, which is a very underrated, unappreciated, and sometimes hard-to-find soda option. I'm a Diet Coke man now, you know? Mm -hmm. But back in the day, I liked a nice cream soda, and it was delicious. But then once you look at nutritional information, I think you're talking 45 grams of carbs in a single can of cream soda. This is not a good decision, and it doesn't taste all that healthy. Mm -hmm. But damn it, a cream soda is delicious. Every now and again. So then maybe sometime when I was around 20 years old, I started having one cream soda per year. (laughs) And I do it on a ceremonial time usually, although sometimes it may just pop up. And today I went to a sandwich shop located near our uh, freak offices here in Addison, Texas. And I got a sandwich and I noticed a cream soda staring at me in a nice can. It was Dr. Brown cream soda. Not uh, IBC, not Mug, not original New York seltzer. I went with Dr. Brown this year and cracked it open and it was blanking
0: delicious as it is every
1: year, one time per
0: year. So the mandate of this show and the mandate of the freak or the entrance, I guess, mandate my ass, entrance of the freak and this show into this world, that brought that mandated Your annual cream soda. It did. And I didn't plan it. It just felt right yesterday. Spontaneous.
1: Spontaneous. I don't know if today's celebratory. You know, I mean, yesterday felt like a load off the shoulders and like, oh, my God, we're finally doing this thing. And today, uh, same thing. We're going to keep it rolling, which is the hard part. Uh, But I thought I deserved at lunch today my annual cream soda.
0: So I did enjoy that. You know, the ditches are littered out there with guys who look at what we do and they think, man, I could do that. And some of them actually get a chance. And some of them will actually get to go somewhere and do it. And they'll go in there that first day and do it once. They'll walk out feeling great. I mean, they'll, they'll walk out, see, I knew I could do that. Yeah. Just as good as those guys. And then about halfway to the car, they get broadsided upside the head with the reality, wait a minute, nobody told me I had to do this again tomorrow. hmm That shocks them back to reality. (laughs) Well, that is my that is my
1: reality, and I was prepared for it. But yes, it is a a heavy load for sure, and it hit me before I got to the
0: car. My reality is sitting right across from me, and she is with us today. No doubt, you heard her this morning, and you're gonna hear her again this afternoon. That is the great Julie Dobbs in here with us, Mikey. There she is. My
2: song. Hi, Mike.
0: Hi, Julie. Hi, Jules.
2: I'm happy to be here today with you. Thanks for having me. I'm
0: delirious that you are
1: here. I think part of this journey that we're all taking together is getting to know each other. The three of us know each other very well, but our listeners... May have zero idea who I am. I think a handful have no idea who Mike Reiner is or who you are. So I think part of this, we all hold hands. We skip together through the park uh-huh. while Pat Green's music is playing. Sounds
2: beautiful. And uh, mm-hmm. and
1: uh kind of assist in all of us getting to know each other. So you are first up. I don't okay. know if you'll be with us today or all week or how it's going to play out, but we want everything, for everyone to understand how we're all working together, getting to know each other, and you're going to be part of this bad boy well,
3: today. Well, thank you. Today.
2: Yeah. Like we've talked about, it's a real team vibe on this station, and it's... Kind of all hands on deck. So if somebody wants somebody else on a show, we're there. Um And anytime you guys ask me to join you, you know I'm here. I'm pumped to do it. So we're getting to know me. <laughs> 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 <Yes>. <laughs> okay. Uh
1: Kind of. Although we are going to get to know Mike Reiner, too, as well. Because, again, people don't know uh even him. I'd like one question to get to know each of you. The last time you had a cream soda.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I think I can confidently say never. I'm not a cream soda kind of gal. Nor root beer. I feel like it's in the same category.
3: Uh, I've had both in the last month. Okay. That's
2: why I'm built like this. Shoopy. (laughs) So we
0: should introduce Shoopy. He's at the helm today.
1: Yay. Shoopy. Shoopy. Cream soda. Is cream soda regular for you?
3: Not regular, but it's a tasty treat. And I
0: like tasty treats. He, su- he supports you in this. And I do, Shell. Thank you. <laughs> I think when I was a, when I was a kid, my grandparents, um, one of them's sister or brother or something like that ran a washateria in Alvarado and they had a tub that had all kinds of RC colas in it and stuff like that, like off brand stuff. They had several cream sodas, and one day I decided probably at the age of, I don't know, seven, eight, something like that, I'd go in there and yank one of those bad boys out and give it a whirl. It was awful.
4: Come on. See, eight-year-old? You're yeah. in my corner no, here. No, you're not even in a
1: corner because you've never had a cream soda. You don't get a corner oh. if you haven't had a cream soda. He's well, right, Jules. I
2: thought it, it looked have... awful enough to not even try it.
1: Shoopy, do you like ice cream?
2: Yeah.
3: I like cream, sodas,
0: cream.
3: <laughs> cream soda is basically flavor like a liquid ice cream. That is and not what I got out of it at really? all.
0: Yeah.
2: Ice cream is not supposed to be liquid. Ice cream is supposed to be ice cream. That's the beauty of it.
3: It can be whatever it
1: wants to be,
2: Julie. Because okay. it's so shape, great, shape right? right.
1: Uh, part of me wishes I didn't burn my annual cream soda already today. So we're going to have to wait at least one year and then I will bring everyone cream sodas. On this date, October well, we 4th, Why do we have 2022? to wait? Well, because I can't have
0: one. Why Cause can't you annual? have one? Because it's annual. Okay. See, you're just restricting yourself, man. You need to let yourself fly free. You know, although it may have been, this
1: could have been the last day of the year, you know. Yeah. Fiscal. <laughs> yeah, the fiscal cream <laughs> soda year. <laughs> and then tomorrow would be a new year. So I might be able to pull it off.
3: But just think, the next time you have a cream soda, you'll have consumed an egg.
2: That's what okay. I was going to get towards as well, the egg thing. <laughs> if we don't like cream soda and you want us to drink a cream soda, then we'll do that if you try an egg.
1: Okay, number one, not trying an egg. There is no egg in cream soda.
2: Well, we know that. No,
1: I'm just saying. I thought we were doing the no, uh, eggshell challenge. You do live
2: your whole life in fear of
1: trying a cream soda. That's not an equivalent. That's well, true. And I don't want right. Why are
2: you, why do you fear eggs, I dude? don't want this egg, dude. <laughs> it's just so Lord, weird. I, I love everything I, about I you, so but right I don't there understand with him, this. I and it's not
3: even funny. Thank Julie, you. both of them hate eggs. It's
2: so, it's so strange. And not just hate, he just used the word fear. I <laughs> <laughs> fear an egg. Yes, I do. Yes. It's the most harmless little object it Oh, it's vile.
1: <laughs> I don't know if you know this, Mike. I think Cirque listeners from back in the day know it, but I made the mistake. for I don't even know why. It wasn't even a, a give and take. Like three or four years ago, I think it was my brother's birthday, and I said, you know what? Brother Cash, on your 50th birthday, my gift to you is going to be I will eat an egg. Knowing that that's for some reason something that he'd be like, oh, my God, hell yes, this is a cool gift. And now, now. Is he a big egg guy? Oh, yes, he's a normal person. Okay, <laughs> alright, okay. Average egg guy. A big egg guy, or average egg guy, yes. Probably every day, every few days, whatever. I am terrified of the egg. And now he is past his 49th birthday and we are about, I don't know, 8, 9 months away from his 50th birthday. And I think of it every single day as one of the worst decisions I've ever made to tell him that. And I am petrified. Of that day.
2: Is there anything you fear more than the egg in this world? <laughs> or is not, that it for you? Not <laughs> to put in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you said that. I didn't tell you to say that. You uh, just said for, that. As far as
1: edibles, yeah, no, nothing is anywhere near the egg. Okay. And but, I know I eat cookies and cake. I eat all kinds. Of, I've probably eaten a million eggs in my yeah. life. And I, it's a mental thing. I'm not allergic to them.
2: Well this works out perfectly now because you have a grand forum to do that on Cash's 50th birthday. You can do it on the freak. We'll tease it Just for about a to month. The poor guy <laughs> gagging and tearing up.
4: Oh my yeah. gosh, you're going
1: to be fine. Why we, are you anti? We, we need to get TV in here for this. It'll mm. be uh, we're going to we'll have Twitch and YouTube lined up long before that.
2: For Mike eating an we're gonna egg. We're going to
1: average like 20 people watching and that day there's going to be 10,000. It's true. Cause I'm just my hand it's gonna shaking shake. with it's gonna rock the egg, egg shaking on my fork like the Jello in Jurassic Park.
0: <laughs> now why am I? Yeah, what's, anti- a, what's your anti egg anti-egg stance? Well, if it's like part of the making of something else, and I don't know it's there, mm-hmm. then I'm fine with it oh, because okay. you know what you don't know won't hurt you. Yeah. I mean, even if I do know there's one in there somewhere, most of the time it's not you know like sitting there. Staring at me the way they sometimes do.
2: Sunny side up. That's probably the scariest for you. Oh, God. That Yolk just looking right back oh, at you. Mm.
0: Say me. hey, guy, try me. Just I'm giggling.
4: <laughs> hey, guy.
0: I, I, I hate everything about it. Taste, texture, everything. What was the last straight up egg you ate? Can't tell you. Really? This has been a, a long, ongoing project for me. But when you were a kid, you ate egg? Yeah, it probably would have been when I was a kid or maybe, um, I'm trying to think if I got off on any kind of egg binges as an adult. And I don't think I did. This, this is ongoing for a long time. Yeah. But not a lifetime thing. Cause you know, when I was a kid, I wasn't that crazy about them, but I would eat them every now and then. And then the older I got, the more I just completely turned on them.
1: I don't remember when mine started either because I think I probably did when I was a little kid. And I know my mom would make me, like, this, no, no, this is a cheese omelet. You know? And it was probably just a, an egg omelet. Oh, God. I'm so she was low. trying to
2: trick you yes, in mm, I can't even think of eating it. Oh, my girl, Vita. Yeah,
1: Vita's a prankster. And then I think one day I was like looking at it, I'm like, wait, this is not all cheese. And I bailed on that. And also one Easter, my brother Cash pulled the hilarious prank of run up behind me and just from like behind and just slap an entire egg right in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and I turn around like crying with egg all over my lips. Well, maybe I that's thought, pretty saw, saw That's a good pretty traumatic. I know. I and mean, We were young teens then. I was probably... Cash
3: is an awful person. I think we have to just
1: acknowledge that. But everyone that. at age 14 is an awful person.
3: Nah, he's
0: still
4: well, elite. to their siblings yeah. usually. Yeah, 14 yeah. and 11. That
0: Some seems are like, worse you know, than others. Not every 14-year-old would do that to you. No. I wouldn't do that to you, shell. I know.
2: Um is it is it just the taste or is it the sight? Like are you scared of Easter? An Easter egg <laughs> hunt? Is that like your worst nightmare? I don't fear the shape of a
1: uncracked egg. No. Okay. It's a pleasant shape actually. And bizarre it's anomaly kind of, of nature. I think yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, nice and smooth. And I, know I don't fear Easter or bunnies. Okay,
2: just checking if that was like your version of <laughs> Halloween, <laughs> Halloween. fright is fest is the Easter bunny no. hiding eggs all around. No, this I don't. World. F- I
1: like egg hunts.
2: Okay, good. I
1: even like egg rolling.
2: I even like an egg toss.
1: And I even realize that if an egg toss goes wrong. You could have the egg splash you splatter could. all over yes. your hands, but I've had that.
0: Yeah, now I like an egg toss too, provided you're tossing them all into the trash. Okay. <laughs> yes, let's
2: well, wasteful. Should we do the
0: the freak egg toss this Easter, our first event? Yeah, let's do let's
2: do it. I do think like a field day would be a good idea. We've talked about the different things that the freak as a station can do for events, activities, promotions. A field day where we all have different. Activities that we have to participate in, like the egg toss, yeah, like the, the three-legged, three-legged yeah.
1: yeah, potato sack race,
2: yeah. I think that'd be fun. I'd love to see you in a potato sack race. Mike. I've done it before. <laughs> okay, undefeated. Or groups? Wouldn't groups be great in a potato sack? Yeah, no, I'm too low
0: <laughs> to the ground. A lightning bolt. I finished second in the slow bicycle race in the fourth grade field day at T.G. Terry. I did.
1: <laughs> I love you. So I got so back much. that down. We yeah, back away. What is yeah, nobody to be part of that? <laughs> what category of racing is slow bicycle race?
0: Well, you are going about two miles an hour. There is a guy kind of walking alongside you. To number one, make sure you don't go faster than that. And number two, make sure you stay on your bike. Okay, that was Bobby Green for me. Oh
2: my gosh! Oh. You remember everything. You're brilliant. No, I really don't. I do feel like that would be challenging, though, to go really slow it on is. a bike. It's oh, it is. It takes a lot of balance. Yeah, it does. strong core.
1: Yes. So the actual race is who can go slowest but stay up and not touch your feet down?
0: And go slowest but go faster than everybody else who's trying to go slow. It's harder than it sounds. <laughs> <That's> so weird. <laughs> hey, wait, wait. Yeah, Everybody. everybody's trying to go slow, <laughs> Yeah. but, but. somebody is going to go a little bit faster than everybody else if that person wins. Why wouldn't that person lose? Um, I don't know. It's still a race. It's like the
3: speed walking
1: Olympics thing, right? No, but I think a fair race would be who can go slowest, cover the least amount of ground, but never put a foot down. Well, that would make the most sense.
4: But
0: look, it was the 50s. (laughs) That has everything to do with everything. Nobody knew what was going on back then.
4: You just had to have been there.
0: (laughs) I do like the idea of freak field day.
4: Mm -hmm. Because
1: when you're in like seventh, eighth grade... And that's you have those. And then did you divide in like colors, like the green team, the white team? Oh whether? yeah.
2: That still happens right now. Really? Kids are doing field days divided in colors. Really? Yeah. It's fun. We could do the the rope one, you know. The tug of war. Tug of war, that's the word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the rope one. The big old rope. Red rover. <laughs> yes. Yeah, red, red rover. rover. Yeah.
1: Dodgeball. Mm-hmm. I love dodgeball. Oh, I love dodgeball too. Did you guys ever play? We called it bombardment, which was a uh, cousin of dodgeball. And frankly, I think it's the perfect version where dodgeball, normal rules, except each team has a bowling pin that's at the very back of your team, like under the hoop if you're playing on a basketball court. Mm-hmm. And there's two ways to win. You could either eliminate everyone on the opposing team or knock down their bowling pin. Mm-hmm. So you'd actually have a pin guard okay. who's the fa- the last line of defense. And as you whittle down the players in the traditional dodgeball way, uh, you could then decide, do I want to go for the person or go for the pin?
2: Mm-hmm. Similar to capture the flag, like a different uh, kind of take on it. Probably same
1: family, but <clears throat> yeah. I loved it. And mm-hmm. to this day, again, you can ask my brother Cash. He'll tell you that he's the greatest bombardment legend in Miami Montessori School history.
2: It's taken him very far in life.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: He's doing God, it all was for himself. fun,
1: bombardment. Let's play it. Never played it must bombard- have been a Florida thing. I mean, yeah. there, all you have to know is how to play dodgeball, and then
0: well, that I do. The rest sort of fills. That I do out. know.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, you've got the downbeat here. Hell yeah! We got a whole nother big afternoon. Uh, Give us a little rundown of what we're doing today, Mikey. Yeah, it's going to be a pretty Reiner-heavy day, actually. Because, again, 4
1: o'clock, we have something called Who Are These People? I'll go probably tomorrow. Julie, if you're still with us, you can go Thursday. Okay. And then whoever is uh jumping in and as we all kind of get to know each other and let the new listeners get to know all of us.
4: Okay.
1: Uh, we figure, why not start from scratch and tell them a little about ourselves. So, Mikey's going to do that today at 4 p.m. Uh, 4.30, Julie's got a segment for us. Julie, you said... Uh, this one here might be a pawpaw pretty soon, and you need to get him ready?
2: hmm Yeah. Yesterday in your opening monologue, you mentioned that you thought that you might be in a spot where you're kind of just hanging out, getting ready to be a pawpaw someday.
4: Mm-hmm. But
2: then you came back into the radio game, mm-hmm. which we're so thankful that you did, but you still... Might become yeah, a pop someday So we ahead, can perhaps. work it into the radio game, and I've got a little um, activity for you coming up at 4:30. I love I it. Can't wait. <laughs> yes.
1: Five o'clock. It's going to be the debut of Fun Drive because our plan here is 5 p.m. every single day to do something fun. Um, you well, know, there's fun
0: to be going on.
1: Fun needs to be going on. There may be other stations, you know, talking hardcore sports at that time. Who knows? We're going to guarantee you five o'clock every single day. On, uh, on the freak, on the downbeat, we're gonna have fun. So fun drive debuts, and that'll be a reti- retirement quiz for you that I've prepared. See if you know the things that have happened in this world since January 6th, 2020, when you called it quits from your previous job. Your previous job was at KTCK, and I think, uh, we'd be kind of doing a disservice if we didn't address some of the feelings coming out of them and, uh, around the Metroplex about your return to the airwaves. So I think at 5.30 today, we'll do a little blowback talk. And uh that's kind of up to you. I don't know how you want to handle it, but uh some articles out and some hot sports opinions being fired your direction, I think why not chat about it. We're going to be yeah. an open book mm-hmm. uh here at the Freak and our our whole existence and we're not afraid to talk about it or going to back down from uh Absolutely not. from chat, so Absolutely not. And if anyone out there is a, a P1 or a Soon to be former P1 that wants to support what we're doing. You can follow us at DownbeatDFW. And if you have any questions for Mike, uh, from either side of the fence. Yes. You can fire Bring those them. up on the Twitter account at DFW or at DownbeatDFW. And we ain't scared to ask him straight up. The horse's mouth. I ain't scared to answer him straight up. Another thing Mike was known for and is still known for is he is baseball Jesus. So that'll be six o'clock today as he has some thoughts on Aaron Judge being in town attempting to break some home run records. And I know you're a student of Roger Maris. And uh, we're going to talk a little long ball as it applies to uh, what's going on at our local stadium today and specifically the history of Roger Maris. And then, of course, we will end the show in the Sunset Lounge, where I think we're going to answer the question, have you ever been fired? Julie, would you say yes to that question or no to that question? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> I got a doozy. If you got one and Mike... Basically, when I asked him, said, oh, yes. <laughs> so we will It's something I'm quite familiar with. I can't
2: wait to hear it.
1: We're going to cover all that. Well, I want to cover something real quick that I'm glad Julie is here for, and it involves our friend Michael Gruber in there. I don't know if this Uh-oh. has been brought up on air, but we, before we launched uh, yesterday, last Friday, we had a big meeting among many huge meetings we've had. Yeah. and It was a sales meeting. And we got to meet all the sales representatives here at 97 One The Freak. And they're all very friendly. They're all incredibly fired up yep. about, uh, this new opportunity for them. And, uh, if you want, we can get into that party last night a little bit where a lot of our potential clients and current clients got to meet all the new staff. And we got to, you know, hang and mingle with Mark Cuban and Dirk. But it was the sales meeting where we got our first introduction to them. And, uh, you know, as they tend to do, Ben and Skin seem to kind of emcee the thing. And uh, they were speaking very highly of all of us.
4: Yeah,
0: like
1: yeah. oh my god, the legend himself, the return to radio, the old gray wolf. It's very large and
0: in charge.
1: And they said nice things about me and I about Julie and Katie and Kavanaugh and Christina, everybody. And then they introduced Groobs, I think. Oh here. my
2: gosh. <laughs> and we got the giggles. It's like when you start laughing in church and you know you shouldn't be laughing, but you can't stop.
4: Yes.
1: Julie and I had a super giggle, and we couldn't stop for a good ninety seconds. Because they had one of the nicest intros reserved for Michael Gruber. Yeah. Essentially centering around him being possibly the sweetest man on the planet. Yeah. And it's just A this build up too. and the whole sales crew is looking at him, you know, kind of yeah. wide eyed, like, there he is, it's Grooves, we got him. And he's supposed to, he doesn't have to, and he had to say one thing. To the people of our sales force, and you can edit it as needed, Grooves, what did you say? Your first and only words in this gigantic getting to know you meeting.
3: Uh, I waved to all the salespeople and said, all of y'all can go F yourselves.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It was shocking. It was very shocking. It
3: it was perfect.
2: Thank you.
4: Shocking and...
3: Well, Ben built me up as just the nicest person ever, so it's like, I could either try to try to build on that or just go against type and... Have a little fun with
1: it. And shatter the whole house. <laughs> it was so funny. And Julie, I was sitting next to Julie pretty far away from grooves and she whips her head back at him and then back at me. He's like, what did he like try to clarify?
3: <laughs> oh, I yes, he stopped. did. I'm
0: like, he
2: did. he
1: absolutely did.
0: did.
2: Did he just say that, Mike? And yeah, he,
3: they all seemed cool. I figured if they don't get that sense of humor. Then we're in trouble anyway. No, so dude, was... they were all into it. They laughed.
2: Have you gotten any uh, new clients since then?
1: Yeah. Any live spots for you today? What? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I haven't either. That makes you feel <laughs> funny.
1: It was so funny that Julie and I rattled off about ninety seconds of just—I couldn't stop laughing. I
2: had tears in my eyes. It was, it was so wonderful. Funny. It was so very Groobs, and I did have a moment last night when we were all being introduced. I was like, "Groobs, don't do it. Yeah, yeah, don't do yeah, it. I I don't do it twice." Dirk is here. Mark Cuban's yeah. here. Don't
0: do it. Do it on the microphone last night. God, that was fun last night, wasn't it? Oh, it was a blast. It was lovely to see everybody out there and a great way to get this thing off and running. I couldn't believe Dirk was there. I
2: couldn't either. He was like one of us. I mean he obviously wasn't, but he was just hanging out like one of us backstage waiting for his turn to go on stage, be introduced. Yeah. It was Dirk.
0: And he acted like he kind of knew who I was. That Do was you, neat. Did he you say your name? Does.
1: I saw Cuban see you and Mark yeah. Cuban see you and get excited. Yeah. Yeah, well, think... he does know me. He hates me. No, he doesn't hate you.
0: I think he does.
2: No, it did not seem like it last night. I think he's somebody that if he hated you, you would know it.
0: Well, we put our, um, hostilities aside just for one night. Why do you think
1: he hates you? Not your Luca HSOs. Is there actual? Um, that may be them.
2: I don't think he hates anyone. It's funny because on the speakeasy this morning, which is on from seven to eleven Heck here yes. on the Freak, Jeff Kavanaugh had the same feeling about Mark Cuban, and he said, "I think he hates me," and he <laughs> apparently has been blocked on Twitter by Mark Cuban. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Maybe he's just a, a has a heavy hand on the block button. Well, at least
0: he's been followed. Yeah. At least he knows who he is on he there. I don't he think is. he knows who I am. I, I
2: bet he follows you. We got to get a weekly with Ryan's and Mark Cuban. <laughs> I'm probably <laughs> wouldn't be too do hard. It. Yeah. Let's do it. do it. We can do it on Thursday if you want. Let's do it. We can
1: get him. He's super stoked. and this is the home of the Mavericks. 97 won the Freak, So obviously they're pretty happy with this whole shift and how it kind of gives a uh, all pulling in the same direction vibe to Mavericks basketball right now. So yeah, he's stoked. But that was really, really fun, man. I think it was was it Kenny's Woodfire Grill that oh catered that thing. Are you joking?
4: Yes.
2: The food was amazing.
1: I had no idea. Did you, did you see the size of the to-go box that I put together when I left? I did. I tried to sneak out the side door. Oh, just one? Two.
2: I took four. One for Simon. <laughs> one for Simon? <laughs> yeah, one for Simon.
1: Do <laughs> dogs like ahi tuna? Probably so, right? That ahi tuna was like so anything. good.
2: It was so like,
1: good. I was embarrassed because I'm like, you know, we we're, were just on stage, so I'm like, they know, you know, people know who we are. Like, you're normally in a buffet and no one's staring at you, but I'm like, every time I walk by, they, some people there knew who I was, so I'm like, is anyone tracking how much ahi tuna I've Plowed through tonight.
2: That's the exact same thing I kept going back to. It was the ahi tuna with the little dip of wasabi yeah, sauce wasabi. on top? It was so good. God, My, hu- my husband Excellent. arrived right at the very end after the stars game, so he didn't get to see much. But he arrived just just in time. For me to get away with four to go boxes because I gave him girl. two. I had two. I said, Your work here is done. Take that thing home and we can feed the family for a while.
1: Julie, we are happy you're joining us today. You're gonna chill with us all day today, maybe all week. We'll figure it out. As Mike Soroy. it's Mike Reiner on the Downbeat 971 The Freak. In just a moment, we will debut a brand new segment called The Silver Alert featuring Mike Reiner. But first, our amigos at Frankel and Frankel, specifically Mark and Scott Frankel and Gene Burkett, all of which were at that party last night. All very cool. I think brand new Air Jordans on most of their feet. They're well-dressed. They're impressive people. Handsome men, too. There are handsome men. It's not fair because they're also the best lawyers in this city for almost three decades. The lawyers at Frankel & Frankel have been representing people injured in car, truck, motorcycle wrecks in DFW, helping them get awarded the financial compensation they deserve. It's that simple. And there's no out-of-pocket cost to hire Frankel & Frankel to to represent you. Uh, Frankel & Frankel, get paid when you get paid. It's that simple. So... If you're in this terrible situation, imagine this. Your family or yourself, any family member, gets hit by a commercial vehicle, 18-wheeler, delivery truck, any kind of business-owned vehicle. You need to call the Frankels ASAP, like immediately. Don't let evidence disappear. Commercial businesses have teams of people that go to work defending them, and they do so right away. So why shouldn't you have a team of lawyers going to work to defend you immediately? And that's what the Frankels do. You and uh, them and their team get you the family and money
0: you deserve from Frankel and Frankel Mike. You know, they can determine if the car performed the way it was supposed to, or there might have been a design flaw that caused this, like a seat belt not working properly or car cases on on fire when it's hit. There are all kinds of issues that can contribute to severe injuries, and they have to secure the car for one of these cases. And if you think someone in your family might have a case like this, don't wait. Call them right away. Because without the car, there is no case. What you need to do is add Franklin & Frankel to your contacts in your phone. So when you get in a wreck, you will have their number right there for you to call 214-333-3333. Don't wait. Call it as soon as you're involved in a wreck. Find them online at truckwreck.com. Franklin & Frankel, principal office, Dallas, Texas.
5: You're listening to The Downbeat.
0: On ninety-seven-one, the freak. All right, all right, all right. So they tell us Dak is not well enough to go. Cannot squeeze it, apparently. Now well, that could be a problem.
4: I guess. No, so. it certainly has
0: been in my scene from time to time. <laughs>
2: Talk about the football.
0: How is your grip strength, all right? Um not in my left hand, it's not. I got something wrong with my thumb. Is that something somewhat underreported that goes with age? Um it's caught me by surprise. It's not arthritis, is it? I don't know, it might be. Mm-hmm. It just started here like a couple of weeks or so ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Just the left side, yeah. Just the no, left side.
2: The good thing is we don't need right our left fine. thumbs for too much. Yeah,
0: just gonna need that right one.
2: You got your right thumb. You're good.
0: Yeah. I don't know, man. I like thumbs. I need both of them.
2: Well, you still have your thumb. we We gotta yeah. do some thumb yeah, exercises. It's not like
0: I've had it removed. <laughs> no, <already>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's still there. Just do a couple thumb wars each yeah. day. Get yourself. that thing. Get that thing. Work thumb wars. One, two, three, okay, four. I declare a
0: thumb, declare yeah, a thumb, thumb wars work. like this. Yeah, have you ever declared yeah. a thumb oh, war? Yeah. No, I, I haven't. I don't think so. Had one declared this, upon you? No, this might be the time to start. Yeah,
4: though. yeah.
2: Well, I feel like I could take you in your left thumb, if yeah, I'm being Yeah, go lefty.
0: <laughs> uh
1: I have a question, Julie, or we'll get back to Dak in two seconds. Julie, have you ever had tennis elbow? You're a, a avid tennis player, right?
2: Yeah, when I play a lot of tennis... Generally, everything hurts. So.
1: <laughs> like the other day when you did eight straight hours?
2: Yeah. I played in a pro-am where you're, you know what a pro-am is. You're mm-hmm. paired with a pro playing against a pro and another amateur. And so you're trying to return their serve. You're trying to volley their ground strokes, all of that at the net. And I was in a lot of pain for a good three days. So
1: you were returning the pro serve sometimes? Yes. How'd that
2: yeah. go? Um. Uh, male or female pro? Uh, male. Okay. All male pros. So, the interesting thing about a pro am is, I think it's very difficult for the pro because they could easily take all of us, right? Mm-hmm. But they're trying to, um, create a fun day for everybody and people like me have paid to play. So, you don't just want to get skunked every time that you're trying to return a serve. Um, but I did okay. I probably returned like 20% of them. Of the pro serves? Yeah.
1: Were they so, haters or curveballs? Who-
2: All kinds. The spinny ones are the ones that make me feel like a complete dumbass. (laughs) When you think you're there and it just bounces the complete opposite direction and you just pout.
0: So who's the pro? McEnroe or Lindell? Yeah.
2: That would be cool. Something like
0: that? No, just just
2: local pros from around town. Roger Federer said no. No, no dice. Yeah.
1: All right, let's do this real quick. You're a... Probably A okay with no Dak Prescott for another week. Yeah. You're on that side hey, of things.
0: Things are going well here. Aren't they? They are. And um yes, i I would be okay for um you know, till further notice, really. I mean when you've got the hot hand like they seem to have with Cooper Rush, Coop's Rush, then why not?
1: Stay with it. I don't necessarily disagree with the uh continuation of Cooper Rush's time as starting QB as long as the win streak continues. That's the only logical thing I, I think you yeah. can say from the, that side of the
0: argument. Yeah, now, and if he goes out there next week and screws things up. Yeah. By the way, this is the first sports segment ever here on the Downbeat. Gross. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it here. We
2: need some of that. We need I mean, some of that. Just, we like the sports. Yeah.
0: Couldn't make it two days. Nope. Couldn't make it two days without cowboy talk. We have Baseball
1: Jesus scheduled later in the show, too. That's right. Very sports-intensive. Can't, can't wait for that. Well, this is a big one, though. It is the official announcement that it's another week for Dak. Mm-hmm. Uh, you agree once his thumb is 100% as long as Cooper, Cooper Rush hasn't beaten the Rams on the road and then possibly even beaten the Eagles. What if he does? Okay. I... I I don't know the answer to that. Like, I'm also, I think Dak is a better overall quarterback than Cooper Rush. And I don't think Cooper Rush is the reason that we've, the Cowboys have won these last three games. I mean, their defense is playing out of their heads. Um, and Cooper Rush is better than we all thought. He's fine. He seems to check the ball down well. He's smart. He looks composed. Like, all the things you'd want in a, any sort of quarterback. But I don't think we can hang the hat on Cooper Rush as, like, the reason they've won these three games. He's just been good. He's been fine. Um, but I don't think he gives you a decided I mean, I advantage. Think he's been better
0: than good. I think he's been good to very good. Okay, I don't know that I'd argue yeah, with that. Good
2: to very good, but not good enough to uh, upseat Dak Prescott from his role when he is available. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, sure
2: you, you would you would make that noise that that, you that you question sure should that? be. Yeah. Okay,
1: I am on the side of Dak's oh, the sure guy that. immediately, isn't it? When he's ready, but now what if? The Rams are favored by four points right now. Dallas is going in there Sunday afternoon. If Cooper Rush hangs just, say, 325 yards and three touchdowns against no interceptions, and they pull off a shocking upset, then you will have some evidence to support, I think, statistically, and then obviously with the eyeball test, the argument that why disrupt what is happening right now. Until that happens, I don't think it's even a viable discussion. And then what if... It's another week, and for some reason he rattles off another A plus game against the Philadelphia Eagles. I think then we'll be sitting here having this discussion, and it'll be a fair discussion then. I think it's a fair discussion right now. Man.
2: I don't. I think he's proven to be better than anybody expected as Dak Prescott's backup. He's gotten the team some wins. He's kept things going in the right direction. That's more than he was asked to do. Dak Prescott is your guy. Everybody there knows that. Dak knows that. Cooper knows that. Cooper laughed or laughs every time he's asked about that. Right. Um, I think the team just has to be so grateful for what they've gotten out of him so far, but you don't want to keep pushing him.
1: No, I I completely agree, but the what if is still there.
2: Yes. What if could always be And if be you there. go
1: and whip the Rams and play a flawless game... I mean, there's no. I don't have any real reason to believe he will. Although he would, he hasn't th- officially thrown an interception yet. Although he had two, which of is them.
2: actually pretty amazing. <clears throat>
0: yeah, in this league though, don't you have to stick with the hot hand? When, when you're in a situation like this where there is a guy who comes in for another guy, you start to build chemistry. Things are going well. You're winning. Everybody's getting better. He's not making mistakes. The team is building confidence around him. I don't know. It's hard for me to turn away from that, especially with this team.
1: Well, he'll get the chance this weekend because Dak has been ruled out. Yeah, um, he will. He will. And, and
0: I know none of what I'm go- I'm saying is going to happen. And Aaron Donald might
1: <laughs> make it real tough for him to look real good uh, as the O-line is still a little bit questionable. But you're going to get another week of Cooper Rush. Michael, Bring it. it's time for this.
0: Ladies and gentlemen. The Silver Alert in the immediate freak listening area. He is male in his early 70s, and he is accompanied by two younger, handsome gentlemen.
4: Don't be afraid of the
0: subject. He would just like to tell you a story or two, and then he will be on his way. Hopefully. It is Mike Reiner, and this is called The Silver Alert. I've been watching with interest this situation going on with the Phoenix basketball sons out there. And this ownership imbroglio in which they found themselves. It appears as though the owner of the Sons is a really, really creepy, awful son of a bitch. And he is being forced out of the scene. He is being forced out of the scene in much the same fashion that the owner of the Clippers, Donald Sterling, was for many of the same kinds of things. Using inappropriate language... Um, being creepy with women, having frank sexual discussions in the presence of others, like it's nothing. And now he is being forced out of the picture of the sons and they're going to have a new owner before long. Um, trouble is, and the thing that really gets one's goat about this is that yes, he's having to go away. He's having to divest himself of the club but he's going to make a whole lot of money off of this. Now, this is something that guys like him and guys like Donald Sterling and guys who play in that financial realm become very adept at when things go wrong or things close in on them. They have to disappear. They have to go away, but they get a nice little kiss as they leave. Yeah. I've I've known about this story for a little bit. Robert
1: Sarvert, uh, I don't even want to read the list of terrible things. They're out there. He said pretty much the worst stuff you you can say, and he did it in office settings and stuff like that. But what is the alternative, I guess? It's a bad spot. He's a billionaire sports team owner. And, I mean, what's he going, 35% of the Phoenix Suns, I think it is?
0: Um, What's the alternative? I don't know if there is an alternative. It just really galls me that guys like this wind up, making a a whole ton of money on the way out for being sorry sons of bitches. (laughs) That just really, really galls me. And I I know there's nothing anybody can do about it. I know the, the, the whole prospect of owning a sports franchise for these guys is probably structured that way. And they probably have secret conversations with commissioners and other owners and everything like that saying, hey, look, no matter what happens here, no matter what you do, you can't lose money on this. Even if things go really, really bad for you, even if you wind up getting forced out, you're going to walk away with a whole lot of money for your trouble. Yeah. Is the
1: the sports team like the smartest investment in the world? I mean, I'm sure smart business people know a lot easier, smarter ones where you make money faster. But it just seems like you are multiplying your investment maybe 10. All you have to do is
0: wait. Yeah. And it starts from day one just about. I mean, once you're in there as owner, that's when uh, your investment starts to increase in value. And, you know, when you consider that owning a sports team can be a good bit of fun, if you do it right, it's a big win situation for these guys. And that's fine, but once you pants a staff guy in front of your colleagues, that ain't cool. (laughs) That's one of the things he did. Um. says here he asked a female employee if he owned her. Okay. Yeah.
2: I wonder what the context there was. He just, they were chit-chatting and he said, do I own you? (laughs) (laughs) That's
4: interesting. I would
1: imagine in his head he's flirting. Yeah. And I I looked up some of his backstory and he, you know, he grew up very wealthy in the Tucson, Arizona area. And I think dudes like this just don't ever learn... No.
0: The they filter. Have no sense of they reality. Don't. No. And, and, you know, the people... They grew up thinking they can get away
1: with anything. And and the people around them have been laughing at their terrible jokes for their whole life. And you think you're funny and, you know, I'm quirky and I push the limit. I'll never change. But yeah. then you cross the line, you know, with some of the stuff this guy said and did. And it's until it all comes crashing down on you, he's probably shocked. like, wait, what? Yeah. No. And boy, look
0: at that guy. That's your I, biggest problem. I mean, even I could tell you... Upon meeting somebody like that, upon meeting that guy, that there's something going on here that is not good. <laughs> <laughs> Just by looking at yeah, it. Yeah. I'm very good at reading people.
2: Yeah. I'd have to agree. Yeah. Based on his What's Well,
1: it's a little unfair. Because we just read the story, and now well, maybe a picture. little unfair, but you know, what did he do? So you think I could show you three pictures of people, and you, and one of them is a terrible person, and the other two are uh, all about philanthropy and doing good for their communities, and you think you could tell me which is the? I bet I
0: could. I right. bet I could. Okay. Interesting. I'm good at that. We'll find I out could. sometime later today. I can read people like that, Mikey. If just pictures? Yeah. Without knowing them or anything. I know a sorry son of a bitch when I see one.
2: <laughs> I believe you when you say that. There is no doubt in your voice.
1: <laughs> All right. You're going to take that challenge later today. Okay. Fine. I love it. I will take it. Well, I'm sorry he's still a billionaire. No. It, I wish they could like take
0: a percentage of his ownership or something, but whoa, that would just be the league doing that? I don't know. I don't know how it will, would work. It just ain't right that somebody can do what he did and piss so many people off and rub so many people the wrong way for that long and the whole time act like well i didn't do anything wrong Mm -hmm. you know or probably he acted like why yeah i can do that sort of stuff because i own this thing
1: well he released his statements you know saying no no this is all complete lies oh sure it is yeah i'm just sure no but so he's not
4: at
0: least saying what you said which is the i'm robert sarver i can do whatever the hell i want Well, I don't think he actually said that, but I guarantee you he was thinking it. Yeah, probably so. So many words. It
2: seems like nowadays there's um, more teams that have something like this going on within ownership than don't. And that's really sad. I mean, you hear about these stories all the time. Maybe not to this level, but somebody somewhere in the front office has you know, said something they shouldn't have to a woman times a million. We saw it. Here, you know, with the Mavericks. You see it in the NFL and yeah. I think the the good thing about it and these stories coming out is it needs to be normalized for these women and these people that are involved in all of this to speak up and the more it's happening, the more you're going to get it. But it's just Yeah, and it's this... just ridiculous. And is it is it all of is it all workplaces or is it more in sports? I think it's mostly in sports.
0: I think it's big in sports because in sports number one. You are entitled. Number two, you're famous. Yeah. You know, if you own a team, you're famous.
2: Yeah, and I think that locker room mentality kind of bleeds out. Yeah, I think it does the too. The front office mm-hmm. and in the locker room, it's kind of more accepted to say these types of things because you're in a locker room, you're in your strap you just played a game, you're sweating, you're around all your friends. um And I've been there, you know, in a locker room with a bunch of dudes, and you hear the things that are said to the females and and that kind of thing but were you
1: catcalled
2: uh yeah yeah i mean some more than others for sure i remember my my very first locker room experience was the cowboys right out of school so that was a lot that mm-hmm. was a lot to to take in right out of school and for the what most year? part they were pretty good it was 2007 the 13 and 3 season for mm-hmm. dallas it was a good season mm-hmm. um but, yeah, I mean, and a lot of girls didn't know how to handle the situation or how to carry themselves and laugh and flirt back and go on the dates. And, you know, that's that's a whole other thing. But I think I tried to carry myself professionally, and, and it worked out okay. But there's things, you know, I'm that said. I'm not sure are, you did. Said. I,
0: I can't imagine you not.
2: Well, I... Julie right out of college was, yeah. you know, it's, it's different and your eyes get huge and your ears are kind of like, what in the world did they just say to me? Um, but I don't, unfortunately I don't feel like it's gotten much better since then.
1: I think they're getting ex- exposed more that sort of behavior now. And everyone's like you said, it's a snowball rolling downhill in a good way that, you know, with every case that comes out, it's like, all right, it's okay to say this stuff. If it happens, it happens. And guys like him are getting burned for it, which is a good thing. Um,
0: Isn't there another another way of vetting these guys a little bit better, though? Your, your, who, ownership or everyone? Yeah, own, these guys, pr- prospective owners. When a guy starts looking at buying a team, I... I it doesn't seem like they do the type of due diligence on them that they should.
2: The people that are doing the vetting might also be that type of person. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's right, true. Right. That's true. You
2: know, yeah. it's kind they, of a boys club They all thing. have a different
1: rule book that's true. than us normal people do. He's on them since 2004. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, Phoenix Suns, some trouble on the court, too. I don't know if you saw this. Did you see that the Phoenix Suns actually lost their preseason opener at home? to the Adelaide 36ers from the Australian National Basketball League on Sunday night. And that makes not see that. That makes them the first team to lose a preseason game against a non-NBA team since the Oklahoma City Thunder in 2016 lost against Real Madrid. And Luka Doncic was on that Real Madrid team that beat OKC. They beat them 142-137 in overtime. Well, tough days.
0: Yeah, tough days indeed. And this was a team that was really, really good last year. Yep. And should be really good again this year.
1: They weren't very good in their last game. 33-point beatdown at the hands of our fight in Dallas Mavericks. And no, Wednesday no, night, two, two weeks from tomorrow, October 19th, the Dallas Mavericks kick off the upcoming NBA season at Phoenix Suns, the season opener. And you will hear that right here on ninety-seven one, The Freak. All right, coming up next... It's a segment called, Who Are These People? We introduce you to a young man I'm excited for you to meet. His name is
0: Mike Reiner. But first. First, you know, Halloween is right around the corner, and DFW Security has a spooky good deal for your home or business. It's a trick-or-treat special, but with DFW Security, it's no tricks. It's all treats, Mike. Get their incredible touchscreen smart hub security system and three cameras of your choice. View and control it on your phone with an all-in-one app. Like me, you may be surprised to discover it costs the same or less than what I was already paying for basic security, if you can believe that. DFW Security's cameras have patented video analytics that uses AI to separate people, vehicles, animals. From the rest of the noise, when a person's detected, the flashing LED and whistle lets them know they are being watched. And you can even speak to them from the camera. With DFW Security, you get better protection, more features for about the same as you're probably already paying. So why not? Call DFW Security now before this trick-or-treat special disappears. Tell him I sent you. Mike Reiner sent you. Get installed by Halloween to get two months free. Call now, 469-609-1295, 469-609-1295, or go to dfwsecurity.com. You're listening to The Downbeat on 971 The Freak.
5: 402
0: p.m.
1: Tuesday, October 4th, 2022, you're listening into The Downbeat on 971 The Freak. My name is Mike Soroye. Mike Reiner is sitting four feet to my right. Julie Dobbs four feet to my left. Michael Gruber running the board, taking care of everything. How we doing, team? Great here. Good. We're cruising. I have decided Party. to uh, track via spreadsheet the t-shirts that Mike Reiner wears every day.
2: It's a good idea. Okay.
1: okay. I'm going to track them. I'm going to see. What, I'm going to determine which one's your favorite. If there's any. Uh, you know, rhyme or reason to mm-hmm. what you wear on any given day, seasonally. Mm-hmm. And I do appreciate today's shirt. Yesterday was a yellow K-Zoo shirt mm-hmm. as a tribute to your former station. Today, right. this is just a red T-shirt emblazoned with large lettering in the front that just says Paul Simon.
0: Purchased at the show.
1: At the damn show. And Paul Simon on a very short list of my favorite artists of all time, so much so that my dog is named Simon. Wow. After the great Ryman Simon.
2: You two were just meant to be together. Huh? We really were. You really, really
4: were.
0: And I never have gotten over the fact that you're as into Paul Simon <laughs> as you are. That doesn't square up with everything else I know about you. But I love that. I appreciate it. Well, good. I him
1: too. I don't know what that means on the other stuff you think about me. I mean, you know I love Steely Dan.
0: <laughs> yeah, you do. We have that in common. That's right. You do. You have impeccable. Musical
1: judgment. Thank you. I don't know about that. You know a lot about me, Mike, but we don't know anything about you. So it's time for a brand new segment on the downbeat called, Who Are These People? And we're gonna take turns.
4: Getting to know you. Getting to know each getting other. To know- Because we have some
1: listeners enjoying us that uh, are normally ticket listeners. We have fan listeners. We have Eagle listeners. All sort of combined here. Some of them are hearing us for the very first time. Mm
2: -hmm. It's a good mishmash. So
1: I figure once per day, at least for this first week, maybe for a couple weeks as we get to know some of the other people who are part of our station. Today, Julie Dobbs is our guest. And uh, I think if you're with us all week, maybe day after tomorrow, we'll have a getting to know Julie Dobbs. But today, why not start at the top? Why not start at the Godfather himself? Who are these people? I present mike reiner hello mike welcome to the studio <laughs> thank you for having me no i think as in- as insane as it is there are people who don't know who you are and and in- even the people who do know you may not know everything about you so i say we start from minute one who right.
0: is mike reiner a complicated guy okay a complicated guy yet a guy who knows how to party (laughs)
4: okay love that on the
0: business card yeah that's right right
1: shoopy that's why you're a legend shoopy what's the hardest you two have ever partied together you and Grooves? oh god um where it got bad
0: i don't know probably some probably barley Barley. house yeah probably barley house (laughs) gotta be barley house on a holiday or something like
3: that. That you sounds know, about
0: right. Like Memorial
3: Day yeah. or something. Didn't have to worry about coming
0: in the next day.
3: No, no, no. Could just Not go home and the wipe it off.
1: I don't know if uh, Rhines is on this program, and I'm, I know the answer. I know you are. But Groobs is the ultimate human that people want to buy shots and drinks for. Like, if you just see him, you're like, Groobs, come on. Right? Didn't you have to turn thousands down because it was becoming a problem?
3: Yeah, and I would feel bad every time, but I would feel even worse the next morning if I accepted all those shots. a sure. very good problem to have.
1: All right, let's pay off the tease we had an hour or so ago. I asked you earlier, I said, I want to know who Mike Reiner is in your own words, anything you want. I mean, early days, early years, how you got in the business, any of that stuff. But I want to start with, what is your first memory? And he had a shocking answer that I just said, I stop, tease. just tell me on the air. So what's your first memory, Mike Reiner?
0: Um, It's when I was very young, days old, in fact. I know this sounds far-fetched, but I even freaked my mother out with this when I sprung it on her for the first time, which was pretty well into adulthood. But when I was first born, things didn't go exactly right. I had some sort of um, infection. Or something like that. And I couldn't go home right away. Mm -hmm. And so my mother stayed up there at the hospital with me. Or the hospital or clinic or whatever the hell it was. And I remembered looking out the window as we were laying in the hospital bed one night. And I remembered seeing a big rolling hill going down to the street. The front lawn of the hospital. A big rolling hill that had gas lights on it. You know, three or four gas light posts. Mm-hmm. That memory of that hill, that window, those light posts always stayed with me. Gaslights? And yeah, yeah, we got that shit. Okay, that's good. I'm trying thought. to make
3: sure I got my uh, yes. Yes. my timing and
0: everything. Yes, okay. You God. did. You did sugar. I'm rusty. <laughs> no, no, no. You're falling. You're falling right we into got stride. It. <laughs> so some years later, I was probably in my 30s or something like that, and I casually whipped out this fact on my mother, this memory on my mother. Mm -hmm. And she looked at me like she had seen a ghost or something. And she said, what are you talking about? I said, yeah, I remember that when we were in that hospital. And she just kind of shook her head. And I said, well, am I wrong? And she says, no, you're not wrong. You're right. All that stuff was there. How do you remember that? I don't know.
1: I just do. And to the best of your knowledge, you were in that hospital for a
0: week or a yeah, couple for about, of weeks? Yeah, for about a week. For about a week. Couldn't go home right away, but I did remember that. And I don't know if I was days old. It might have been, um, you know, my, they might have taken me home and I had to come back or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I do remember looking out that window and seeing that rolling hill down to the street. The street, I believe, was uh, Turtle Creek. And those gas light posts. And you freaked your mom out. I freaked my mom out. On the freak.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I'd say
2: that's very, very like early signs of genius.
0: Or idiocy.
2: Whatever it Could is, be a though, bit of both, you re- You said you have the gift of remembering song lyrics. You obviously remember tiny details about so many different stories of things that have happened to you, happened to athletes, happened in baseball, and it was all there when you were born.
4: Yeah.
0: Seemed to be.
2: Wow.
0: Seemed to be. All right.
1: That's your first memory. That's my first memory. Within a week of being born. Yeah. I've never we're heard, heard or met anyone who claims to have had a memory from it's that. It's far-fetched, I know. Me either. But, I mean, if it's verified by your mom, yeah. are you sure they didn't bring you back to this hospital when you were, like, 20 for something else?
0: And that's where you... No. They <laughs> if they brought me back to the hospital when I was 20. It was probably to get checked or VD or something like that. Okay. A man of the 60s. Have you ever had VD? Not to my knowledge. I think I would know. All right, so you. That, what hospital was that that you were born in? I mean, you were a Dallasite, correct? Yeah, um, it was East Dallas Hospital and Clinic, but I had to go to another one for that for, the, for the, this ailment. Okay. that I had. What kind of a toddler were you? I'm um, pretty ordinary. Did you like except sports? with a really good memory. When did you like? Uh, when did you find yourself liking baseball for the first time? Probably my first big baseball year was 1959. Okay baseball cards got me into that i had a couple cousins that had baseball cards and stuff like that and i started messing around with them when i was over at their house one day and and i thought okay i gotta check out this baseball and that was before you'd ever been to a game yeah before i'd ever been to a game or you know i would probably played you know some softball or something like that probably knew what it was going on but i didn't understand the structure of of the major leagues or pro ball or anything like that and that was prior to the Rangers what year did they come here 72 oh okay so we had minor league baseball all those
1: years what's the first major league baseball game you attended
0: first major league baseball game I attended was I believe 65 or 66 in the Astrodome okay the Astros and the Cincinnati Reds because you know that's what you had to do up here, if you wanted to go to a big league ball game, you went to Houston and you went to the Astrodome because it was the eighth wonder of the world.
1: I remember being young and fascinated with the Astrodome just because of the legendary stories of it.
0: And I for mean, some reason, I'm still fascinated with it. Is it, is it gone or is it there? I think it's still there. I know the last time I was in Houston, it was, but that's been some years.
3: Yeah. It's just in ruins. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What's your history of playing sports? Um, I had very limited skills. There were certain things in each one that I could do. And certain things that I was absolutely horrible at. I didn't like... I hated contact. So that meant I couldn't play football. And I was always very, very small. I was always very, very skinny. So... Football was kind of out for me, but I used to play it, you know, with my friends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I did okay there. I could always throw the ball real well, yeah. so they all wanted to play with me because they liked to catch passes. You could spin it? Yeah, and they like they like to play with me cuz I could, you know, I could get it to them. I could get it to them and, you know, lead them and everything like that. Jump pass? And I did the jump pass. I was pass? a master of the jump pass. Too. I know. <laughs> yes, absolute master of the jump pass. Were you a Cowboy fan growing up? No, I was a Dallas Texans fan first. Okay. Because my dad would not take me to Cowboy games. But he would take me to Dallas Texans games because he admired the entrepreneurial spirit of Lamar Hunt. And that was the AFL? Yeah, that was the AFL. How many years did they run concurrent to each other? Three. Okay. 60, 61, 62. Their final game was the AFL championship game, which they won over the Houston Oilers. And then within a couple of weeks or so of that, we learned that uh, the team was going to move to Kansas City. I didn't understand this. I didn't understand how a team could just pull up and blow a joint, you know, and go yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. I didn't realize that it had already happened any number of times in other sports, particularly baseball. But that uh, that that
1: rocked my world a little bit. Did that rock your dad's world who had appreciated the entrepreneurial spirit of Mr. Hunt when he left town in an entrepreneurial move to nah, move
0: his team to care. Kansas City? He didn't care. He just opened up another bottle of King George the 4th.
2: When all else fails, yeah,
0: is that pull con- out King George the Fourth. Is that whiskey or cognac? What is that? Swill. Swill. Yeah, Scotch. Okay. You a Scotch drinker? No, not really. I go for other forms of brown, but uh, not too much Scotch. Are you? Um, I like whiskey. I like whiskey. I love whiskey, and I don't
1: know if my palate is not. Advanced enough to appreciate scotch. I do like it on occasion, but I don't yeah. generally purchase it. And uh, No, neither do I. Sip. I'll go some other route. But I do sip whiskey and bourbon brown drink on ice.
2: That's so classy. I don't. I wish I could just. I think sip of it as more alky.
1: I think it was more alky than classy. <laughs> like, I would have never thought that was my go to drink that I go at night and pour a nice. Brown you can drink. make it
2: last. You don't have it all those extra last. calories. It doesn't last. It does not last. Oh well, I thought you said sip it. Do you chug it? In between. Yeah. In between those. Okay. Two. All right.
1: I sip it quickly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Especially if it's a, a big night with dirt hanging around and all these people that want to hear you talk on stage.
4: Yesterday
1: was a big day. I almost went home, and I but I didn't. I didn't have a even have a drink, Good. which is not normal to the last. 90 days or so.
4: Yeah. Because we're
2: working people now. I drink it
1: neat. You drink it neat? Yeah. Really? S- I sip it neat. Boy, yeah. see, I don't even do that yet. I don't know if that's the uh, fi- my final form.
0: <laughs> I don't think that makes me any more of uh, an advanced it does. whiskey drinker than you. It does. You think? Yes. Drinking it neat is the ultimate. Yeah, I like that. Do you drink at home regularly or no? Rarely. If so, what do you doing? I have enough booze in my house to float a battleship, but I rarely, if I'm there by myself, I won't be drinking. I've appreciated your
1: booze stash, having gone to your house a few times over the last yes, month or two. It.
0: you've seen it. And it's
1: got the Pulp Fiction glow, and I open the cabinet, and I, I'm in heaven. <laughs> because especially, and you host events every now and again, I mean, a traditional gift is to bring a bottle of booze over. Yeah, and I always appreciate that. And when you bring it to someone who doesn't drink that much... That turns into a nice stockpile. Yeah, it does. So Everybody shale.
2: I brought you a bottle of wine, I think it was, at your housewarming party, and I would just yeah, like did. to go on the record saying I got a nice handwritten thank you note.
1: Whoa, really?
2: Really?
0: She did. Look at that. Big this smile guy's on the his real face.
2: deal. <laughs> He's <laughs> the real deal. A handwritten thank you note will go a really long way. That was very
0: nice of you, Jules.
2: Well, it was nice of you to invite me and write a thank you note. So thank you. <laughs>
1: We are getting to know who are these people. Today's guest on the Julian Seroy show is Mike Reiner. Mm-hmm. What's your first recollection of radio in any form?
0: The radio was always on in our house. It was always on. And and um, I remember, I, I don't remember what station they were listening to, but my parents used to listen to this one station and this one show that played a lot of comedy records mm-hmm. and I remember those um, somewhere along the line when rock and roll started to come in and Elvis started to happen every now and then they would sample the wares of KLIF the mighty 1190 but they didn't cotton much up to that by then their tastes had shifted more to country so I got indoctrinated to that all the while keeping my eyes on uh, the record collections of my much older cousins mm-hmm, and seeing the rock and roll and rhythm and blues stash that they had acquired and going over to their house and playing some of those records on their 45 RPM. And uh, that was eye-opening. That uh, that pointed me in a certain direction. So your affinity from radio stemmed, though,
1: In the music side of things. Yeah, on the music side of things. What's the first instrument you
0: ever played or became good at playing? Um, I don't know how good I am at it, but the first was drums. I had a cousin that played drums, and I had a lot of hoodlum cousins, too. (laughs) But this one was not so much one. He played drums, and he had a kit at his house. And whenever I would go over there, I would mess around on it, and I would turn on the radio in his room and try to, you know, fumble along with what it sounded like those guys were doing. And that came naturally, or uh, Well, I I could kind of have a little bit of a germ of of an idea about it, you know? I don't know how good or how on point it was. Probably (laughs) not good and far from on point, but still... I could follow the groove and tell a little bit about what was going on there. First
1: opportunity of any kind to speak into a microphone live at a radio station.
0: Um, That would have been when I arrived at KZEW. Year? In 1979. One of my duties was to host the Overnight civic affairs programming are not hosted just run the board for it mm-hmm. there's not too much hosting in there but occasionally in there you had to do a, a station ID and I love doing those live station IDs because just for a minute I got to go on there and say KZEW 98 FM Dallas Fort Worth and that was it. That's where it all began. And that's where it all began. That, until one day I really got really randy with it. I, I opened it on a Sunday Uh-oh. morning and said, Good morning, everybody. You're listening to KZEW Uh-oh. 98 Uh-oh. up
4: <laughs> And you and hear the cranes. footsteps. So, and
0: I was told not to do that again. Uh. The footsteps down the hallway come flying at you. There was nobody up there then, fortunately. That had to wait till the next day. So that evolved into a more serious position at KZEW. Over time, over time, nobody thought I had any kind of future in the business there for a long time. But because I was willing to do anything for anyone at any time, day or night, no matter what it might be, I was able to persevere and hang in there until things started to break my way. And how'd that happen? Um, that happened when um, Michael Moroni who was doing things for John Rody on the LaBella and Rohde show, had to leave and go to college. And they needed somebody to replace him. And that somebody turned out to be me. And that gave you your first consistent on-air opportunity. No, there was no on-air to it for a while. <laughs> they were pretty convinced that I was not of on-air stuff. Were you convinced that of that I,
1: as well? Um, or did you... Aspire this whole time. I aspired this whole time to advance to an They they couldn't
0: tell me that I wasn't. Even though they were absolutely convinced and they were probably right that I was. Because I just didn't have the right sound. They said I sounded too country. Really? And too southern. Hmm. And so I said, okay, then we'll see if we can't get rid of some of that. So is that when the first permanent honor opportunity came about eventually um that came about when the labella and Rody morning program needed um a producer and i was elevated to that position and football season was about to start we needed some sort of cowboy's presence neither one of them knew nor cared anything about that so they said would you like to do this and i said sure why not so i took it and ran with it and off we go Alright, so the zoo for how long? Seven years. And then what? Um after that I was kind of in the into the Great Wide Open for a while. That was seventy nine through eighty six. I landed at WBAP, did a year there as a lowly sports minion in their sports department. But that was great. I loved it at WBAP. That was a a great station back then. And uh, then that uh, came and went because they were going to bring on Randy Galloway and they had to get rid of everybody so they could pay him. <laughs> Are you still in touch with Randy Galloway? <laughs> yes, I am. And as a matter of fact, he he <laughs> left me a note yesterday. <laughs> he left him a voicemail yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he did. And it was awesome. He was on the uh, podcast. I remember that,
4: that. I
0: did a few weeks ago. Uh-huh. And... and it was awesome hanging out with him.
2: So he just wanted to leave you a note yesterday, congratulating you on the freak or what? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. that's what he said. Yeah, he said, "Hey, if you want to do this, go for it. I'm awesome. right there with you." Oh yeah, great guy. Love Randy Galloway.
1: So what year after the Galloway is the Galloway situation you're talking about? What year
0: approximately? We saying? Um this would have been 1987. Okay? Yes. Right before I was about to become daddy. Okay. And then what happened? Oh, uh, well, I got fired there. And then I ran into somebody who was doing something in the uh, tech in the for a GTE. I got caught up in what was known as the tech bubble. Mikey. Did you? Yeah. Where all these communications outfits like GTE, Southwestern Bell, all those people. I don't know how this works. I'm not smart enough to understand anything like this, but well, you were all, in the
2: tech bubble. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know, but, like but, you were but, smart. I, but you I still weren't. didn't
0: understand been
2: it. Stuck in a tech bubble?
0: But all these companies came, came flush with money. They had more money than they knew what to do with. So what a lot of them did was they rigged up these phone scenes where you could call a number. And they had a, a code where you could press a four digit code you could press to hear news or weather or this or that or whatever. They hired me to do their sports stuff for them. And I, that was a great gig. I did that for, for about four years or so. Mm-hmm. And that is where the, these seeds, which would one day turn into the ticket were dropped. Mm. That is where I met the hammer. That's where I met Junior Miller. Wow. Really? Yeah. Were they doing those sports reports too? Oh, no. They had big-time gigs. Really? Grego was at WVAP. Junior was at KRLD. And they didn't understand what I was doing out there. Nobody did. Fascinating. Mm-hmm.
2: You said it, that the last job was right before you had your daughter. So when you did have Sweet Jordan... How did that change you as a person? And maybe the the path that your career was going, what was important to you, all of that.
0: It changed me in a number of gigantic ways. I knew I had to get serious about something. I knew I had to find a career path and get on it. I didn't know if it was going to be in this game or not. There were several times when I started looking into other things and I must say that in this world, timing is everything and I have had any number of immaculate, immaculate timing breaks in this world where something that just had to fall in place for me at this particular moment, in this particular way, at this particular time did. Did crazy how the Cosmos work, Jules.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Timing of breaks is indeed important. So we'll just fast forward and say after that, he started the greatest radio station of all time, the ticket, and they won a bunch of Marconis, and now he's here on 97. Won the wow. freak. Julie, you got something for us next. I think it's Julie's joy ride. And you're going sure to educate this man on a few things, aren't you?
2: Yes, the spotlight is going to continue to be on our <laughs> friend Mike Reiner, and we're oh, going to do no. a little more oh, storytelling. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fun. But first, Michael,
0: yes. You know, I'm not a young man, but I feel good. I like to take care of myself, and for all of you that are around my age, you know that you got to start off with this. The early 40s is a good time for that. In the early 40s, you can start feeling a little bit different. Maybe you tense up a little bit, it gets harder to get good sleep, your muscle recovery gets tricky. The TrustedLab.com CBD and Wellness Company is there for you. They are based in Texas. This is where I get my CBD for sleep, for my joints, muscles, and even recovery drinks. The TrustedLab.com is the way to go. They're a proud Texan company, been using their products for years myself. If you give them a try, I think you will same, find the same type of benefit in there for you as I did. TheTrustedLab.com, use the code JJ. For thirty percent off your first order. It's
5: the downbeat on ninety-seven-one. The freak.
1: Now you dudes know what the freak is going on. I went all sports with. We my do update.
0: know what the freak is going on. <laughs> and you did go all sports with it.
1: I had about thirty seconds to do the whole thing. I didn't know I was doing that. And I nailed it. Yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. (laughs) We all know that, right? All right. You want to do the next one then with all your live spots? You can do the next What the Freak is Going On. I thought it was
2: great. The divorce news isn't necessarily sports. That's a pretty big deal. I'm glad you got that in there. I know. We could even delve delve into it sometime in this show.
1: We talk pop culture here, Mike. Yes, we do. We love it. (laughs) Uh, You're listening to The Downbeat on 97.1 The Freak. We appreciate you for listening. My name is Mike Soroy. His name is Mike Reiner. Her name is Julie Dobbs. She is normally part of the Speakeasy with Jeff Cavanaugh KT Kevin Turner each and every morning here on 97.1 The Freak from 7 a.m. until 11 a.m. I did rise and grind at 7 o'clock to listen to you guys and make uh-huh. your debut this morning. Thank you. And I will admit, I did not have an alarm set. My body just told me to wake up and give it a listen. And the one thing That's I took... Good. the uh, is, Yeah, thank you. It's because I care. Yeah. I didn't even know I, no, I cared, but apparently I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I was so your body at cares. at 4
4: waiting
0: for it. You're up at
4: 4? Yeah. I'm going to get oh, you some sleep.
1: You got the trusted lab now. You need to listen to what they're saying. Nighttime I gummies. Know. I know. They're your friend. You think they definitely are, but the the one image I have in my head from your first segment this morning was uh, you guys were talking about the party last night Mm -hmm. with Mark Cuban, and Dirk was there, and it was amazing. Mm -hmm. I I, that venue was incredible, I just blown away. But KT was wearing a suit on his first day, you know, and he I don't know if he was doing it as a bit or he wanted to look nice at the party, yeah. I don't know, I don't know why he did it, but. He's kind of like uh, Birmingham over there. He's got some bits that have limited payoff, and I certainly appreciate it.
2: But... I think he fancies himself as like a all-time game show host type guy.
3: You know, you who might would, be Who right. would
2: wear a suit.
3: Yeah, especially when he came over here. He's been wearing a jacket like every day to work. Really? Even he's- if he has
1: it over a... Hawaiian shirt.
3: Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. He's an interesting phenomenon. Blazer guy.
1: But the one image that he too. painted a picture of from the party last night was he was trying, he, cause we walked in the little backstage area, right? We were all going to go on stage and right. that's where Cuban was and, and Dirk was. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I did the side eye. Oh my God. It's Dirk. Oh my God. I mean, Cuban's cool, but Be cool. Be Dirk cool. is Be Dirk. Cool. Yeah. I didn't even say anything cause he was only there for a second and I got there late, but,
0: uh, Kevin, I Tur- think he might have known who I am. Did he say hi to you or no? Yeah, he did. Did he? And I think he might have known who, who he was saying hi to. Do you recall if he said your name? Uh, who he was saying hi to, I'm sorry. It's okay. GD. Do you recall if he said your name? No, he didn't. Cause Cuban definitely
1: did. We... Oh yeah, yeah, Cuban did. Okay, and then did he give you a big groobs? Dirk knew who I was.
2: <laughs> they had like a did. photo shoot together.
3: Yeah, we tried a few different times to pose for a picture and our poor buddy, uh, Brandon the photographer, uh, his flash Kept messing up, so he's like again, again. Dirk and I had to make about ten attempts before we finally got the picture. Well, at, but we both look handsome <laughs> at Downbeat That's DFW. True. I
1: put a picture that ultimately did look very nice yes. of Michael Gruber and Dirk Nowitzki, both looking happy um, next to each other backstage. But I don't know if this is true or not. But KT said that he was like, you know, he saw Dirk and he gets nervous and he's trying to like play it cool. And in his little suit, he like casually
4: his little suit. He casually
1: like leaned up against what was next to him. Yeah. And that thing happened to be a uh, hand sanitizer dispenser. Yeah. Which that are it,
2: still sprinkled around the world. Yes. Mm-hmm. And
1: apparently he just started dumping goo all over the floor <laughs> and
2: like he didn't know
1: it. <laughs> so next thing you know, there's like eight eight hand shots of goo on the floor at his feet, like all over his shoes. And the way he says it, Dirk looks at him and is like, What are you doing, man? <laughs> And I don't know if any of that happened, but I know he kind of reported that it did. So I'm like, I, that's how I choose to visualize. I think it happened. KT trying to like get closer, edge up to where Dirk is. And I have want it go. to think it
2: happened. <laughs> exactly. I think it did happen. In my head, it's it hard, definitely did. It's really hard to actually be cool in front of Dirk or in front of anybody at that level. I ended up trying... I I tried to talk to him and, and said hi. I've met him before. It's been a really long time. He definitely didn't remember who I was. And then I tried to take a photo with him and... Like you said, it was really dark because I was right there in that same hallway. So I flipped it around and we took a few and I was like so excited. I was like, thanks, Dirk. And he's like, it's really dark. You can't even see anything. I was like, it's fine, Dirk. (laughs) Dirk. It looks great. Don't worry about it. Because when you're in the moment, something as simple as flipping around your camera, like you're kind of shaking and you're all nervous. I didn't want to be put on the spot, like trying to figure out the whole flash situation with Dirk just waiting. So I was like, no, 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 we're good. We're good. I can use some sort of filter and and figure this thing out.
1: Dirk has a great a fake smile mm-hmm. and because those are not genuine smiles. The dude takes a billion pictures, but they always kind of look like a good smile. You know, some yeah. people give you no effort in a smile and some of them, you can tell it's a half-ass. I don't want to be here. Smile, but he's, yeah. he's got those big fake chompers too, that I think all he has to kind of <laughs> do is open his mouth and it forms the smile. Right. The, uh, I remember seeing him at the Rolling Stones concert at, uh, the Cotton Bowl, which was the last one. Yeah, it was like a year ago, right? Or year and a half ago, whatever yeah. it was. And, uh, I saw him as we were about to leave, and he had a hoodie, a hoodie on, and he was doing the speed walk mm-hmm. because, for a guy as sweet as that, if one person stops him, it's the end of his That's hour. Be the
2: worst feeling ever. It is he- oh. <laughs> <laughs> being stormed by people should be. Which, by the way, I mean, I think he groups got the most cheers out of anybody last night. Of
4: course, yeah. he did. Yeah.
1: I was backstage with KT, too, and when they announced his name, it was a smattering, and he goes, oh,
0: tepid. (laughs)
1: It's all right, buddy. They're all going to love you.
0: Can you imagine what it's like for somebody like Dirk, though, just the process of getting ready to go to something like that? Just what you must have to do to Mm -hmm. steel yourself? And get your head right with the idea that you are about to be spared to Dude. death. Yes.
2: <laughs> Such a beat down.
1: I mean, you have that to a little degree. I I'm not respectfully, I'm not putting it anywhere in the Dirk Nowitzki category. And his worst thing is that he's seven feet tall. Mm-hmm. I bet if Dirk could take a pill and he could one hundred percent healthily move down to six foot four, he would take it today. I bet he would. Because I bet that would eliminate about 70% of the interactions he has to have, maybe even a, a higher number of interactions he has to have publicly with people.
2: Yeah, because even if they weren't to recognize him as Dirk, which who wouldn't, but even if they didn't, they'd still probably have to make some sort of comment about his height.
0: Yeah. You can't see yeah. him. You yeah. no, don't play basketball. It, right. How's the weather tap, up there. You take that away, <laughs> then that creates a little uh, cloud of doubt over who he is. You're yes. not sure. It yeah. looks kind of like him, but – He's not seven feet tall anymore, so you don't
1: know. The seven foot tall thing, it's like, not only am I probably the most famous athlete that's ever played sports around here, it's like he has a billboard on his head and an arrow that says Dirk, pointing mm-hmm. downward. Because he's seven, like, no one misses him, you know? I mean, any other athlete, these legend, cow- legendary cowboys, you can blend in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. He can wear a hat if he wants, but he's still
2: well, poking his shoulders head. Well, that tells you even more Like how much of a stand-up guy he is, because he knows that, and he fought through all of the elements to come out and support the launch of our little radio station.
1: He is all-time my favorite athlete. He has surpassed the great Marino.
0: I love that man. Yeah, if he's going to do it, if he's going to go to the trouble to come out here and do what he did last night, then he's going to at least put on a good act of being into it exactly. yep. you know yep. good yep. dude going to make you think that he really cares about being there even if he doesn't well, which is most likely the case
2: you did a great job of that as well especially when my mom kind of sneak attacked you and started talking about her record collection <laughs> I enjoyed talking to you, mom. You did a great job pretending like you were really in the moment and you loved it.
0: How old is she, by the way?
2: Oh, no, no.
0: Uh, <laughs> what happened with your voice? Wait a minute. Did I, did I say that? I didn't say that. Yet.
2: No, you said nothing. <laughs> nothing came out of your mouth.
0: Damn those thought bubbles.
2: <laughs> I think he's truly shocked and doesn't know if he said it yeah. or not. I met, I'm I, joking. I know. Come on. I met her joking. for the
1: second time last night. Mm-hmm. She's so sweet. She drove all the way up just to be at the big party.
2: She did. She sure did. And she's helping with the children so I can do all of this radio. But we did say last night and I stand by it that I think her and Vita need to be best friends. Yeah, probably so. Vida's listening as
1: well. Hi, Vita. Hi, Vida.
2: Hi, Vida. Hi, Vida. Hi, Vida. Hi, Love, Vida. You, Vida. Love you, Vida. Alright, let's
1: do Julie's joyride. Julie is our uh little friend who's sitting here joining us right now. I'm enjoying her today. Hey, thank you,
4: She's guys. She's the best.
1: She's yeah. a delight. How can you not?
4: Thank y'all.
2: Just
1: stay with us.
3: He's an honorary shoepee.
2: Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> You've never been called an honorary shoopy.
3: Never will either.
2: Oh, thank you, Shoopy. I want to be in a. I want to be an honorary Shoopy forever. Don't look at me.
1: I'm well, looking at That's all That's designated you. by Shoopy. I'm looking at all three of you shoopies.
2: And someday we'll dig into the story of the shoopies. It's not a, a good story. Know. I still want to know. I had
1: to tell it in
3: front of a couple salespeople and got this <laughs> a blank thousand yard stare. Uh-huh. Like Interesting. The story's going to end at some point, right?
2: <laughs> They're waiting for the punchline or the climax. And there is none. <laughs> there is none. we just call each other Shoopy. Um, so this is just a fun little... Uh, Activity that we're going to workshop here in this segment, Julie's Joyride. Um, I mentioned earlier in the show that you had said that something that's been on your mind lately as your daughter is preparing to get married is that someday in the not so distant future, you could become a papa. Yes. In your word.
0: I've been thinking about that a lot.
2: Yeah. How are you feeling about it? Great. Yeah, absolutely great. Okay, well I know you're going to be wonderful, Um, and it's one of the. I'm not a papa, but I know it's got to be one of the best feelings in the world. And and my kids have a wonderful papa and grandpa. But one of the things that you'll find when you're dealing with these grandbabies is they love stories. They love to be read to, and you're going to be the best I can imagine. Gosh, you're the right. best candidate to read a book to a child ever. Um and I love and, reading
0: books to people.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Can I
3: say over the pandemic that was one of the greatest things was we got Shoopy. I we I don't know how we got a re- i got the recording, but him it reading was me. Oh that's right. <laughs> yeah, him reading Good Night Moon is glorious. Oh yeah, that's right. That?
2: Yes I do. I do. I had come home one night, um, You know, had a glass or two or three of wine, and for some reason, I felt the need to... Another trip to to the Zen bin,
0: Just another
2: (laughs) trip to the Zen bin, another Wednesday night watching hockey or something. For some reason, I felt the need to tweet goodnight moon before I went to bed. (laughs) I don't know why I needed to tell everybody that, but I think you replied, or somehow you got intertwined into the thread on Twitter, and someone said, you've got to get Mike to read good night moon and so i tagged you in it i said mike will you read good night moon next thing you know we have like an audio file <laughs> of mike <laughs> reading good night moon and it was so wonderful
1: i don't know um, what good night moon is but i tried to like keep up with this conversation so i tried to google it real fast but it autofilled as good night mommy
0: I a- don't know
4: that's, Good Night, <laughs> not, Mommy. That's
0: not Good Night. It's a 2022
2: drama about. thriller. <laughs> oh, Good Night, Moon. We'll have to either find that audio or is re-record it. A kid's it. Book? It's a kid's book where you basically say goodnight to everything in the room okay. before you actually say goodnight. Oh. Um which is basically the whole concept of the book, but these are kids, so they love everything. Yeah, um, I might have it on
3: my phone here.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm trying to get it
3: off of YouTube. We'll Here's have that. to
2: search for it because because it's truly wonderful. But one of the things with reading to to children or hanging around children is sometimes you can be put on the spot, and you might not have a book. And they say, "Hey, Papa, will you make up a story for me?" And so I thought it might be fun just to get you a little practice, get those creative juices flowing when it comes to storytelling. So in this little game, I thought I could tell you the name of a book that I'm guessing maybe you don't know much about, and you could try to proceed and tell me the story based on solely the title of okay. the book. Are well, uh, these right?
1: legitimate bo- children's books? These are
2: legitimate children's books. Okay, If you do know the whole story about it, then maybe we'll move on to the next title just so it's fair. Okay.
1: No, you can still tell us. It'll, it'll still and if you need funny.
2: to solicit any help from yeah, your friends, your
1: phone a friend.
2: Then then you can definitely do that and we can see what kind of stories get told <laughs> in this segment. I think it might yeah, be fun. My phone a
0: friends to my left. I'm
2: here. here. Yep.
0: I'm on the line.
2: Yeah. Awesome. Um so we're mm-hmm. going to start and and this is just a classic. It is called Where the Wild Things Are. Could you please tell us the story? Of where the wild things
0: are? Where the wild things are is bound to have to do with a cowboy out on the range who goes out and hunts wolves, bears, foxes, whatever other mean critters might be out there to keep them away from his children, his family, his children and wife and everything. Am I right?
2: You're, you're so close. Um, is there some sort of fuzzy? It's actually, yeah, about strange fuzzy. It's creatures? about some beast type creatures. Yeah. Um, and it's a, you know, a very creative make believe story about beasts and that kind of thing. But I like your version of it. Um, we're gonna move on to the next one. And in, in, in not just describing it, but I almost just want to hear you tell what the story would be. Like, you can tell the story based on the title. Okay. Okay? So, we've all heard about the three little pigs. But there is an actual book called The True Story of the Three Little Pigs. So, what really happened with those three little oinkers?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. This little pig went to market. This little pig went... You're going to have to refresh me on this a little bit.
2: This isn't, this is your own version of it. Oh, it is? Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. One little pig went to market. Um, one little pig went to jail because another little pig was in jail and the one that went to market cried wah, wah, wah all the way home. And then he had to go bail, bail all of them out.
2: I love you so much. (laughs) Locked up pigs. Whatever did they do to get in jail?
0: Pigs can get into trouble. (laughs) They can be very troublesome creatures.
2: To end up in jail, it must have been bad.
0: It can't be bad. (laughs) What's the real answer? Is it
1: not? Is that it? The poem that he said. Yeah, that's
2: that's basically the.
1: But what's the huff and puff and blow your house down? Is that that's a different? That's the the three three bears.
4: You know, no, the
0: Huff and Puff and Blow Your House Down is the three bears, oh, isn't yeah. it? That's the three bears, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Gold, yeah. Goldilocks and the three yeah. bears.
0: Uh, I thought Goldilocks was the porridge.
1: I thought Goldilocks had the long hair okay, that well, hung yeah, out of the, the tower. Okay, well, porridge there. One of the bears was okay. eating porridge. weave into gold. Uh-huh. No, that's Rapunzel. The
2: three, yeah. This, <laughs> no, the three little pigs is is the house's.
1: Yeah. this yeah. Little, The wolf blows, blows the house down. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it is?
4: It is. Oh, I
0: thought that was the three bears. The Bernstein yeah. bears.
2: There's something else. Yeah, something I'm else.
0: I'm really out of practice at this. Well, that's I why we're practicing.
2: Up. That's why we're practicing. Can you re-
1: get your
0: head right.
2: But in reality, I love your versions the most. Yeah, and that's two why. Two pigs in prison. <laughs> that's why we're going to keep doing this. All right. Um, Mike, tell us the story of blueberries for Sal. All
0: right. Here's another one I've not even heard of.
2: Mm hmm. But based on the title, what would that story?
0: Blueberries be? for Sal. Yep. S A L. Okay. All right. Sal is bound to be an Italian guy of some sort, which means he's probably involved in something pretty nefarious. He's probably a blueberry impresario who goes around, you know, to various markets and stuff and peddling blueberries, and he. Charges people too much money for his blueberries.
2: Oh, he's trying to wheel and deal. Yeah, he's
0: trying to wheel and deal. Uh
2: huh. Like Sal will do.
0: Yeah. And finally, he gets caught. He gets caught, and he has to go to, away for a really long time.
1: <laughs> <guy> in jail <laughs> for Poor a really
2: long Sal. time.
0: Yeah, for a really long time.
2: Poor little Sal. I like that one. Um Where the sidewalk ends.
0: Where the sidewalk ends. That's a story of a mommy and daddy who tell their kid to go stand out in the middle of the street and they can walk, they can leave the yard if they want to, but they can't go any further than where the sidewalk ends, which is as far as they can see. Mm -hmm. And the kid does that, but he keeps on going and mommy and daddy are freaking out because their kid's gone now. And they live happily ever after.
2: <laughs> Doesn't sound like they would be that happy <laughs> if their kid's gone. Or maybe they would. They put their feet up. They enjoy their beverage, and they're like, "Ha yeah, Our, our plan
1: worked." That's it. Then they go to prison. Yeah, then they go to prison. Negligence. Mm-hmm. That's the common theme.
2: <laughs> that
4: was I'm wonderful. I'm so happy right now. <laughs> That's amazing.
1: That's the first one I knew. I love when the side where the sidewalk ends.
2: Yeah, Roald Dahl. I no, remember. that's a uh, Shel Silverstein. Oh, Sh- oh, that's shale. right. I- Shel a- oh, Silverstein. Roald Dahl my other shale
1: Silverstein. Uh-huh. That's your new name. From that's now a on. book of poetry, right? Where the sidewalk ends or short stories. Yeah, it's so good. I don't know. I think you it just was have good.
2: an affinity to shell. Yeah, always. Because you're a shale.
1: I am. That was amazing, <laughs> that was amazing.
2: wow. <laughs> we'll bring that back.
1: I love your mind, Shoopy. Prepping. Prepping Reiner to be Pawpaw. Uh, I've never felt more crazy in my life.
2: (laughs) <laughs> then we're doing something right, Mike. Then we're doing something right. Well done, Julie.
1: Julie's Joyride debut right here on the downbeat on ninety seven one the free. Coming up next. Uh it's fun drive. It's five o'clock. We guarantee five o'clock. We're gonna have fun in this studio and hopefully you'll, you'll be having fun while you listen on the roads as you head home from work. And we're gonna have a little Mike retirement quiz to see if he's be, being or paying attention to the things of the world since January sixth, twenty twenty, when he called it quits. But first, we got to tell you about our friends at Low T Center. There's a couple, uh, couple other people opening up shop, want to talk testosterone with you, but Low T Center is the best of the best. Do your homework and be sure you go to a provider you can trust. And I've had a relationship with Low T Center for a very, very long time, and that's where I go to get my levels checked. Low T Center, they specialize in men's wellness. They check all your levels. They do check your testosterone. That's on the, on the title, on the billboard when you walk in. But they determine the cause of any symptoms you're having and whether you're a candidate for Low T or something else. It might be low thyroid, sleep. Apnea could be a handful of things, and typically their health insurance assessment is covered completely by your health insurance. And they check everything: PSA, which is prostate levels, your thyroid, liver, kidney function, cholesterol—that's a big one—glucose
0: levels, and so much more. Michael, Mikey, the Low T Center has affordable and convenient options for treatment, including monitored self-inject treatment that ships directly to you each, each month. Make your health a priority. Schedule your annual health assessment at the Low T Center today. It is covered by most health insurance or less than $100 cash pay go or less than $100 cash pay go to lowtcenter.com to book your appointment online. That's lowtcenter.com center reinventing men's healthcare.
5: This is the downbeat on 971 the freak.
1: 504. You're listening to the downbeat on the freak.
4: Head
1: nodding. That's Mike Reiner, that's Julie Dobbs. That is Michael Gruber. My name is Mike Soroy Hell yeah. It's fun time. And I think we should start it with something that was referenced in the last segments, because we found it. A dramatic reading by Mike Reiner of Goodnight Moon.
0: Here is just what you need to make you sleep better on this COVID-19 driven rainy night. Something just for you that I think you'll really like. In the great green room, there's a telephone and a red balloon and a picture of the cow jumping over the moon. And there were three little bears sitting on chairs and two little kittens and a pair of mittens and a little toy house and a young mouse and a comb and a brush and a bowl full of mush and a quiet old lady who was whispering hush. Good night, room. Good night, moon. Good night cow jumping over the moon. Good night light and the red balloon. Good night bears. Good night chairs. Good night kittens and good night mittens. Good night clocks and good night socks. Good night little house and good night mouse. Good night comb and good night brush. Good night nobody. Good night, mush. And good night to the old lady whispering, hush. Good night, stars. Good night, air. Good night, noises everywhere. I guess that's it. (laughs) If that won't put you under, I don't know what will. Mike, Papa, Papa, you there?
2: <laughs> You're going to be so great. I'm gonna yes, up,
0: I'm going to listen that. Going the up first Papa exercise.
2: <laughs> first of many.
1: Let's have some fun, Grooves. It's five o'clock. Let's say we do a little fun drive. I like it. Tuesday
2: is over, sales are worse than projected Staples,
3: crafts,
1: thermostat, phone drive Nailed it Yo, killed that Most done Staples Crafts We are musicians Groove's listing office supplies (laughs) (laughs) Was the only reason we did any of that It is Tuesday, it's time for phone drive You're in your car, you've had a hard, long day of work Alright and we're gonna guarantee fun now. That's the idea. Fun is going on. Fun is going on all around us and has specifically right here. And it could be anything. This could be pranks. This could be funny audio. This could be wacky interviews. This could be a quiz, a game show. Could be anything. And in this, uh, on this day, our second ever episode of The Downbeat, it's gonna be a quiz. And this is the Mike Reiner Retirement Quiz. You can take your time answering these. <clears throat> I have some stuff you're gonna have to read because you're gonna read your own candidates, but It is essentially just a quiz to find out if you've been paying attention in the things that have been going on around planet Earth, around America, around the Metroplex since January 7th, 2020, the day your official uh, announcement of your retirement hit. Okay. And I did burn a question yesterday, if you remember. It was exactly how many days it had been since your retirement, and I thought it was pretty amazing. You remember how many days it was? No, I did not know that then, and I don't know it now. <laughs> Since January 7th, 2020, until yesterday when we hit the air, you had been retired for exactly 1,000 days on the nose. A 1,000 yep. days? Really? Yep. Yesterday was day 1,001. I'll be damned. Exactly a 1,000. Very, very solid round number. Yes. So let's start with a, a couple of music questions, I suppose, and then uh, we'll move on to some other stuff. You can take your time thinking of these. Think aloud. And uh, I don't know if you'll know this stuff or not, but we'll start with music. Which artist spent the most time with the number one selling album since January 7th, 2020? And I have the three artists here. <clears throat> you can read the artist and the album. Those are your three candidates. And then you'll have to pick which one you spent think spent the most time at number one on the Billboard charts.
0: Should I read these uh, out loud? Yeah, read them out loud. All right, Taylor Swift, Folklore. Morgan Waller, Dangerous, the double album, or Bad Bunny's Unverano Centee. Is that right? That's absolutely right. Those are
1: your three candidates. Which of those do you think spent the most time at number one on the Billboard charts? Which of those albums? Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. You can play along, too, Julie. You're here. know You're going to be here. I was thinking the same thing. Six Weeks Folklore was number one on the Billboard charts. Five weeks, Bad Bunny's Un Verano Sinti spent on the top of the charts. But the winner was Morgan Waller's Dangerous, the double album, 10 weeks from January through March of 2021. What did I say? Waller. Wallen. Dangerous. Okay.
2: I, I knew we had a very successful... I
1: thought it was
2: Waller, too. Why didn't you... <laughs> it was your, your quiz.
1: You could say... Oh, the name. I thought yeah. you had the guess. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but he got in trouble.
1: For what? He
2: He said a word that he shouldn't
1: have. Which one?
2: Uh, A real bad one.
3: So in the middle of the alphabet, I'd say.
2: (laughs) Yeah, he was like recorded saying it, I think, right, Groob's? Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't
0: recommend doing that. Who did he say it to? And in what context? I need a little more here. Yeah.
2: I think it was... quiz. Well, I'd have to look it up, but it was something like in his day-to-day life, I believe, where someone was recording and he he said it like just casually to whoever he was talking to. It wasn't like he said it at a concert or to a big crowd or anything like that from what I recall. But it was a big deal. I would
1: like to officially negate the 10 weeks he spent now at at the top of the charts, meaning you are correct. Taylor Swift's folklore with six weeks is uh, the correct answer. Okay, good.
2: So now he it's got the story it right. I just told yeah, you.
1: exactly. You're one, one and oh. He's canceled. All right. Uh, Mike Reiner, s- since the date of your retirement, which major league baseball player has the highest batting average since January 7th, 2020?
4: <clears throat>
1: I do have three options for you unless you okay. like to fire one off. Uh, your three options are Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, Paul Goldschmidt. Three very good baseball players. Yes, they are. Which of those three do you like the most? Which one of those would you most want to be a Texas Ranger?
0: Trey Turner. Youngest you know of
1: the bunch and
0: Speed. Yeah. You know why? Why? Have you seen what he does when he slides? No. The way he gets up It's after the coolest slide. thing ever. Oh,
4: it is. Here's, Majestic. Those, Ryan, I, so wish, I so wish I
0: could do this.
1: I'll draw a little base and tape on the ground and you... I'm screaming down that hallway. Julia, I hold that door. I couldn't open. do this if I had to.
0: It's Nobody like a magic can. trick.
1: Okay, I'm picturing it in my head before you even tell me. I mean, obviously the pop up slide is yeah. is got to be some form of that. But yeah. why is it just something it, about it is just so just, pleasing to watch? Like, just Google Trey Turner slide. Like does he know his own body weight to where it happens slowly and it looks it looks cooler than an average pop up. Well, slide. I don't Very. know. It all
0: happens in proper time and everything but it's the pop-up it's the pop-up how smooth it is and how he walks off acting like it's nothing everybody ought to be able to do this cool is he second base shortstop shorty yeah he is too cool for school
1: freddie freeman trey turner paul goldschmidt i will say freaky freddie freeman wow
2: i just saw the slide Oh, I wasn't expecting that. I want to it looks, I it so looks like a dance move or something. Here we it go. Does. You ready? Oh,
1: he's coming in a home. Hum- oh. oh, yeah!
2: I bet you weren't expecting that. I was it's picturing like moonwalking it. almost.
1: I was picturing an uncontested steal of second base with the elevated base, but that is him sliding in a home over the plate and sort of a pirouette pop-up slide. I think he does it on the bases too. It has to be a different version, though, obviously, because he's not sliding through the base. But that was cool.
2: He's got to practice that a lot at home by himself, like in his room or something.
1: Well, he may lead the major leagues in a run the scored since that date. But that wasn't the question. The question was batting average. And you are damn correct. Freddie Freeman, 322 batting average since the date of your retirement. One minuscule point ahead of Trey Turner, who bats 321. Paul Goldschmidt all the way down at 306. You're two for two, and I saw Paul Goldschmidt play at Fenway Park this summer, and he had a home run over the Green Monster. He's excellent. So, so cool. He is excellent. Another sports question. Julia liked this one. Mike, since the date of your retirement, can you name any team that has won a Stanley Cup since January 7th, 2020?
0: Let's see. The Colorado Avalanche, I believe.
2: It's a freshie.
1: Twenty twenty two champion. Colorado Avalanche. Snowball. (laughs) One team won in twenty twenty and twenty twenty one. You don't have to get it for the for the sake of the game. You're three for three. Um I don't know who was that.
2: Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay Lightning.
1: The Ning but you yep. were three for three, my friend. All right, here I we had go. I to
2: go through the stars to get that one.
1: Yeah. I'm so sorry.
2: Sad. There's always this year. Would
1: Kelly have gotten a big bonus?
2: Yes. And a I, big fat room. I, I might have gotten, yes. He definitely would fat His ring. name on a cup and a bonus, and I would have my new kitchen. Still don't have my kitchen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you discuss that during the series or in the playoffs at all? I know you didn't see him too much at that time, but Each... did he know that the kitchen was on the line? And do you think he passed, oh, yeah. passed that on to the, the boys?
2: Uh, he hey, Jamie, didn't... can you
1: play a little harder tonight?
2: <laughs> Julie has her eye on we need some a kitchen. <laughs> pretty expensive backsplash. <laughs> She's
1: on the Polar website
2: right now. She's got all this
1: crap in her cart. Yeah. One click away.
2: Someday I'll get my kitchen, Mike.
1: Kelly's wish list. <laughs> <laughs> If my idiot brother has a Mavs championship ring for uh when they won in 2011, you, your husband, and hell, you he should probably get a it. damn ring. You're
2: 13, people.
1: Yeah. Well, let's talk a little basketball. Luka Doncic is definitely Mike going to be a Maverick for his entire career. He's played four seasons here now in our yeah, town. Mike. Oh, sure. And our boy has 46 triple doubles. How many triple doubles since January 6, 2020?
0: He's got 46. 46 total. Okay. I'll say um, 20. The correct answer is 30 triple doubles, including
1: one on the night of January 6, 2020. He was celebrating your retirement he went 38, he went 10, and 11 against the Chicago Bulls. His
2: number one hater went off the air.
0: <laughs> yep, and he, he off, was free. I'm not a hater. <laughs> I'll, I'll show I'm him. I love, hey, I love him as much as the next guy. Good. I'm not a hater. Okay, good.
1: We're going to have to get into that at some point here on right. the home of the Dallas Mavericks.
0: Okay. Well, let's do a mini but, version but right then now. I'm going think... to have to explain my entire philosophy regarding free agency and sports in this town. Can we have a teaser mini version right now? Um, no, it's it, it's it's meaty. Yeah, it's meaty. Okay, it's going, going to require a segment. Okay, yeah. so the Luka Doncic
1: theory, yes, and free agent theory of DFW athletes yes. this week. We need to get that on the Write table. Write that down, Shupi. We need to get that on the table. Write that down, Shupi. Okay. In November of 2020 in Philadelphia, who gave an infamous speech in front of Four Seasons Landscaping in front of the Four Seasons Hotel? Oh, boy.
0: An infamous speech? Yeah. Um, I don't think it was the Queen, was it? I
4: don't know.
1: That was Rudy Giuliani on uh,
0: November 7th, 2020. All right, I missed this totally. What was an infamous? About well, that?
1: politics clearly aside, I mean that Did was you go Robert Sarver on somebody no, he didn't or something. No, go Robert Sarver. No, but it's just one of the funniest things of all time that he they clearly were trying to book the Four Seasons Resort Hotel, mm-hmm. and somebody who was setting up the uh, the event, if you will, accidentally called Four Seasons Landscaping.
2: I thought this was Trump.
1: No, no, no. It was Rudy Giuliani representing him. Oh, okay,
2: okay. Yeah. I just knew it was affiliated with Ooh. Trump.
1: Ooh. They call the light and they're like, hello. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and then they had no choice but to go through with the whole thing. So they did have uh, stickers and posters of their <laughs> candidate behind him. and In front oh, of one shit. of those metal garage doors. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Slides up.
2: Just like in front oh, of the shed in your backyard. really? backyard. Like it the- really happened.
1: And it's incredible. It's and the, like the, something
2: hap- that happens in our little world. Right? Yes, Not real like life. Like error
1: that we make. <sighs> yes. <laughs> Give me the
0: four seasons. That would got by me.
1: I love that one. All right. Your favorite topic here. Mike Reiner in your retirement quiz asking if you have learned or what you did learn during this period since your retirement. What is the name of the rival Saudi-backed golf league that has been poaching players from the PGA Tour? The freak. Um, <laughs> yeah, the freak. We are not. We do not work for an oppressive regime. I can guarantee you that right now.
0: All right. I don't know if you say the word or you say the initials, but it's nil. Um. <laughs> no, Close.
2: that's also been in the news a lot lately.
1: The nil has and been in the news.
2: and it's three letters,
1: and one of them is L, and one of them is I. It's the Live Tour. Oh, yeah, that's L-I-V. right. L-I-V-E. Yeah. Oh, You're, right. it. It. You're in the right neighborhood. You were close. Darn it. Damn it. I will let you.
2: <laughs> Was that a drop already? <laughs> Damn it. That's amazing.
1: I will let you steal that point back, and this gives you a chance. If you can name any two golfers that have joined the Live Tour, and even if you have no idea, you can just name a couple golfers, and you might get it right.
0: Um, let's see, Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods. <laughs> <laughs> a couple Del- of
2: the few that didn't. Yeah,
1: a couple of the few. They, neither of them did.
2: A couple of the few.
1: Who did? Uh, Phil Mickelson would have been a very easy guess for you. I mean, that's the, I think, highest profile and first guy to sort of do it. Dustin Johnson did it, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau. Cam Smith, the Australian so golfer. So these who guys is,
0: aren't playing on the PGA Tour anymore?
1: They have turned their back pretty much entirely on the PGA Tour. And it's actually fascinating, and we're not going to do a whole lot of live talk. Although, and when majors come around, Major Mike is going to show up. Yeah. And I'll tell him. you my one He's name. He's force that
4: can't be stopped. And
1: you do not bet any money on that one name, because I think in my entire tenure at the ticket, I don't think I ever... <laughs> Actually hit one, but it's really hard to pick one name no. of the entire major field. Brooks Kepka's doing this? Brooks Kepka's doing this. Why? Do you like him? Yeah, he was my guy. There Why? Toward the last. They're doing it and they're keeping, I mean, they're essentially banished from the PGA Tour and they can't, as of now, play in most majors.
2: Yeah. Did your boy Patrick Cantley <laughs> ever go?
1: No, my boy Patrick Cantlay, who I did pick <laughs> multiple...
2: He's still PGA? Yeah, he's still PGA. Okay.
1: And I was wrong on him, but months after I picked him to win the Masters, and that was we went all in on it, and yeah. I think he finished just about dead last in the Masters.
2: Yeah, but then he had a good showing not long after that. Well, he that won the major. FedEx Cup playoffs. Okay. like he was the highest money you winner were, of the whole. You were not far off.
1: I, that's what I would try to, try to argue if I
0: was arguing. Are others going to go to this? Dude, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Have they said the game's locked or what? The game ain't locked if you got a big name. If
1: Rory McElroy wanted to go, they would probably pay him a quarter of a billion dollars, if not more. Because allegedly some of these users are getting that much money. Um I mean if Jordan Spieth or Justin Thomas wanted to go, they'd probably get three hundred million dollars. Um not immediately, because the money you win actually comes out of that three hundred million, you have a guaranteed amount. Once they sign you, but it's really weird for a dude who loves golf so much. Like I don't like. I think the majors are going to be less exciting for me. Yep.
2: And it's as much kind as like, ruining. Uh, yeah, is but oh. ruining. I don't know if ruining is the right. I just feel like the PGA needs to be full force to keep everybody's attention. Uh
1: Well, it's like if there was, and it's a, hard to
2: watch. The, I still haven't been able to like. like it's not just a, on TVs. Yeah. It isn't that a, a big part of? Of course. Growing a sport and garnering more fans. They
3: don't have a TV deal of any kind, but aren't they buying time now on
1: Fox Sports or
3: something? I heard
2: that was perhaps developing. Or potentially.
1: I I don't know that. Maybe they're in the, in the in discussions to do that, but I think as of the last tournament they had, it was pretty much YouTube.
0: Yeah. It's really weird. Our local teams You to buy time buy on the time. family channel or something. <laughs>
1: but what if MLB had a competitive league yeah, it could happen and they started poaching very good you know they went they got otani as their first player could happen
2: money talks yeah that's
0: right yeah all
1: right your final question we're going back to music mike and i have um where's my guys for you to read where's that list i just gave you throw it away oh it's right here all right your final question and mike reiner's retirement quiz is back to music two of these artists i'm about to hand this to you two of these artists spent time with the number one album on Billboard since your retirement. One of these artists does not exist. So the name of the band and artist is on the left and the album is on the right. So read
0: the band name and album. All right. The band name is Gunna. The album is Wanna. The band name is Jack Boys. The album is Jack Boys. The band name is Stinky Wet. And what's that last letter in that? Is that a y. D? Oh. And, uh, the album is Gray Oat Hanky.
2: Grab that.
0: Oh, grab that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Gray Oat. I blame, I blame the handwriting. Well, I don't have a printer in here yet.
0: Gray Oat. That's <laughs> what it looks like. Grab that Hanky. I mean, that looks more like a Y than anything else. Okay. You're right. All right. So now, what is the question again?
1: <laughs> Which of those bands doesn't exist? Two of them did spend time with the number one album on the Billboard chart since your retirement. I'll say mm. Stinky Wet. <laughs> <Does> not-
2: <laughs> Can that be the name of groups' groups' room? You <laughs> can't say it. <laughs> stinky Wet.
1: Uh, you're absolutely correct.
2: I that it was Stank Tank. That- yeah, and you said you didn't like that. So do you like Stinky Wet better?
3: Mm. I'll take the Stank Tank. Okay. Wait, you've nicknamed your. You're no, the, the
1: Stank Tank?
2: I think
3: Ben and Skin did.
1: Kind of love the hell out of that. Sinky <laughs> Wet. You're right, Mike, does not exist. I think you got every damn one of those right. He's been locked in since his retirement. No, not date, all of them. I didn't. And he is locked in once But I again. know about the Queen. In, he does know about the Queen. <laughs> All right. uh That was some fun. Downbeat, 97, one, The Freak. And we're going to have an interesting chat next because I think uh there's a soap opera going on in this town. A lot of it relates to uh our little radio landscape. And we're not going to run away from it. I think we're going to kick it around and chat about it. And Mike uh, has some things to say, I believe. But first,
0: there's this. Yes, we're here to talk to you about your air conditioning scene. And Reliant Air Conditioning can get these issues squared away for you. If, in fact, you have issue, if you do need a new system, right now you can combine factory and utility rebates to save over $5,000, Mike, on a brand new system that can cut your electric bill in half for as little as $98 a month. Now, this offer is going to end when the money runs out. This limited-time utility rebate is over when the funds run out. 95% of the funds have been claimed already. So Reliant is taking appointments on a first-come, first-served basis. Don't miss this limited opportunity to save big. And look, read the reviews, okay? Before you select an AC company, take 10 minutes. Go read Google reviews. There's a widespread issue of salesmen disguised as technicians trying to con you into buying new systems. You hear it over and over again. The sales guy leaves for 15 minutes, comes back in saying, ah, you need a new system always always get a second opinion because often there's nothing wrong with your system at all. At Reliant Air Conditioning, their techs don't work on commission, they don't sell new systems, and they will personally address any issues, negative reviews that come up. What you need to do is call 877 your hero. That's 877-968-7437. Their website, reliantairconditioning.com. They've been gimmick-free since 83. Reliant Air Conditioning provides comfort to homeowners that don't want to be taken advantage of. Now, if this sounds like you, talk to Jeff Stewart and all the guys at Reliant Air Conditioning.
5: You're
0: listening to The Downbeat. It is The Downbeat here on 97.1 The Freak. Got the Sunset Lounge coming up here a little bit later on tonight. To cap things off on this, day two of The Freak.
1: Day two, the triumphant return of baseball Jesus in about a half an hour. We have the tale of Roger Maris, Aaron Judge, Bonds, even a little McGuire and Sosa thrown in.
0: Probably going to focus on Maris more than anybody else. His story is... Really fascinating and something that I've been thinking about a lot during all this. Are
1: you itching to be out at the ballpark? And that question also goes to Michael Gruber, who a noted Rangers fan and until recently an employee. I would
0: was. love to be there. Always love to be there. I
1: think we should do a station field trip. Tomorrow night? I'm busy. <laughs> that's but a no, lot. I'd love to go. Is that? That's the last game of the season, right? Yeah. Tomorrow night? It's crazy. So doubleheader today and then all done
0: yeah, they Manana. got, they got uh, the game, the second game tonight, mm-hmm. and then is is that a day game tomorrow? Believe three o'clock. Okay, late afternoon or then.
2: Guess we can't go. Damn it!
0: But at least you we ever... can
2: go to the playoffs.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah, we well, yeah, got the I'm playoffs coming pumped. up. I'm so, super pumped know. for that. This yeah. town's going to come alive.
1: Playoff baseball is something.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, baseball Jesus, I, know. I forgot. Will be with us in just a few minutes. But right now. What is that, Mike? That's an elephant. And it's sitting in the room with us.
4: Ooh.
1: Go pet it. Do you want to ride the elephant, little buddy? <laughs> have you ever ridden an elephant? I have not. Have Never you? have.
4: I have. I've.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think it's some mistreated elephant. You
2: don't sound convinced well, I'm
4: pretty that you sure have I have, in fact, ridden an well, elephant. I,
1: I also don't know about if ridden <laughs> is fair. I think sat upon was placed upon some malnourished, sad elephant when I was a... You know, a little kid. Yeah. I'm quite sure.
2: What did we. Why did we make kids do things like that before the gram? Like, what did you do with that picture that was so <laughs> worth it?
1: <laughs> I think just for the. Just to frame it. Yeah, the fun
0: experience of sitting atop an elephant. Mm hmm. Because we thought they'd be excited by that. Yeah. And kids aren't excited by anything like that.
2: They don't really care. No,
0: they don't. Anything that we think they'll be excited by, they're not. Unfailingly. Remember yeah. that.
2: So don't spend money on those things. Just find free things because they'll be equally excited, and then you still have your money. I
1: love that idea. Mm-hmm. They don't remember anything. Some anymore. of my
2: parenting advice.
4: Unless
1: they're little baby Mike Reiner who remembers every
4: <laughs> yeah
1: every single minute of his whole
0: life.
4: That's because I'm an
0: idiot. <laughs> <laughs> what? List the animals that you've ridden. Wow. Animals that I've ridden. Um, horses. That's about it. I can't think of any other animal I've ridden. Okay. Now, I had a friend who told me that he was riding on a pig one day, and his dad told him to get off, and he shot his dad in the leg with a twenty two. Oh,
2: my God. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that.
1: Second greatest pig story ever told.
2: Yeah. Because he was I'm not so sure I believe it, but so convinced to be on that pig.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure I believe it, but he told me that anyway. Did he shoot his dad in the leg with a twenty two from atop the pig?
0: That's kind of the drift I got.
4: Did it have a little hell holster? Hell yes <laughs> like that where? he
0: that he was riding on the pig, carrying the twenty two in some way, holstered or otherwise.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And his dad ran up and told him to get off. Yeah, and. Wow. He drew down on his dad and shot him in the leg. What a story! Just quick draw at his own his old man. Yeah, that's Doyle Shepherd, a Beckley Heights legend.
2: Jeez. <laughs> You're amazing.
0: But you've only ridden a horse. Yeah. No ostrich. No no Donkeys. ostrich. No, no kangaroo. Camel. No donkey.
2: Pony. No kangaroo.
0: Um, well, pony's kind of a horse, isn't it? Yeah. Is it?
2: He's got you there. Yeah, you ride the-
0: horses a lot, don't you?
2: I mean, no, not a lot. <laughs> Did you have a ranch or something with a horse? No, I have cows, and we don't ride them. We don't have horses.
1: There's an elephant in this room, Mike. There is. I've never ridden an yeah. elephant, though.
2: Yeah. It's just been staring at us this whole show. Yeah. He wants I've answers. I've been throwing peanuts at it.
1: <laughs> the elephant wants answers. Because as we discussed pre-show, this is obviously a pretty massive deal. You return to the airways of
0: DFW. Um, Bigger than it should be.
4: Perhaps. Hmm.
1: But it is a big story. And certainly in the uh, soap opera that is DFW radio, this is the hottest thing going right now. And I find it fascinating, and I think a ton of listeners do. And I think we'd be doing them a disservice to not address it even more thoroughly than we did yesterday. I mean, we did it sort of uh, surface level yesterday. I don't know that we need to get too in-depth, but it's sort of up to you how you want to handle this whole thing. But I think... Here at The Freak, part of the fun is, uh, letting it rip and not shying away from, from topics that we know are interesting because they might be uncomfortable. So, um, there's a news article out, uh, even with quotes from, from some of our friends and former coworkers, mm-hmm. uh, that seem pretty unhappy with your decision to return to radio. So I figure your initial thoughts on addressing, uh, your return to radio and the reaction that you seem to be getting from our former
0: employer, the ticket. Well, first of all, not surprised by it. Um, secondly, sorry they feel that way. Thirdly, I've satisfied every obligation I ever had over there. I spent my time there. I served out my non-compete. I owe them nothing. So, if I want to do this, I can. I don't want to be like the interviewer here. Like, that's not how
1: I want this conversation to go. But what about those that say your legacy was so entrenched with the ticket that you had, I don't know, that this this was your legacy and it was perfect and you built the perfect thing, which most of us still consider it to be. I mean, those are all, at least in my mind, some of my, some of my best
0: friends, probably my best friends that still work over there. Yeah, some of mine, too. At least – I consider them that way. I will consider them that way until they tell me I shouldn't. But, I don't know, I guess I understand why they're a little bit butthurt about it, but I I don't, don't really know what to tell them. I hadn't planned on getting back into the game. I didn't think I would. But in this world, there's always that one thing that can come up. And when that one thing comes up, you got to make a decision. Do I want to do this and see what happens? Or do I want to not do it and wonder for the rest of my time on the planet what would have happened if I did do it? Yeah. And that's kind of where I was with the whole thing.
2: Well, and it seems like somebody who did what you did in this industry at that station, wherever it may be you've kind of earned the right to do things maybe a little bit more on your terms. And you found something like that here where you can do what you want, when you want, talk about whatever you want with whoever you want. Yeah.
0: It's it's a little different situation here than it was there. Not that it was a bad situation there by any stretch of the imagination. I stayed there for 26 years and I think a whole lot of my time there and everything we did there and the way the thing rose and turned into what it turned into. But that was then and this is now. And if I want to find something like this to do now, I think I have the right to do that.
1: Do you think that this, you consider this to be an exciting new challenge versus even in this Dallas Morning News article, again, a partner of the ticket um, that released this article, because to my knowledge, they don't talk about this on the air. Um, But do you think that going back there would have been not
0: a challenge?
4: First of all, I
0: don't think they wanted me back there. I don't think they would have wanted me back there. I never broached the matter with them. But I don't think they would have wanted me back there. And... There would have been so many strings attached that it would have been very embarrassing for me to go back there. I wasn't about to do that.
4: Because mm-hmm.
1: they're sort of playing the angle that uh you never contacted them
0: about wanting to get no, back on no, the air. No, I, I did not. I did not. I never intended to do that. If the option were go back there or not do it at all, that's a no-brainer. I'm going to not do it at all. As we discussed,
1: this is your fifth or sixth radio station you've worked at in your life, right? Somewhere around there. So because one of them, the most recent one, happened to be an incredible, iconic success, does that sentence you to not being able to work again or do what you want to do or have fun somewhere else? I don't think so. Just because one of them
0: really, really worked. Yeah, I don't think so. Yep. I don't think it does at
4: all.
2: I love the way you put it. This You wanted to do this.
0: Yeah, that's it. You
2: wanted to do this and he has the prerogative to do whatever he wants. Yes. Just because you built something that was successful doesn't mean you're indebted to it till you die. I mean, an opportunity was there and something I love about this, Mike, and you've said it, it created a whole lot of opportunity for a lot of other people too. None of us would have a job right now. Um, We wouldn't be working in radio in Dallas and the fact that You can only work at one place or you're a trader is just weird. I mean, there's multiple news channels, news stations Mm -hmm. in one market. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's good. It's good for the industry. I don't think that we are pitted directly against one station in particular. We're just doing radio in a big city.
0: Yeah, we're doing radio in a big city. And look, they are the ticket. They are the kings of the mountain. You know that? I know that? The American people know that.
2: Yeah, and we know <laughs> that we have opportunities. That. Vote Reiner. Vote Reiner. We know we have our opportunities because of the Oh, tickets. no doubt. Yeah, and there's no... I love the ticket. Let's stick it to him, any of that. you yeah. know? Or we wouldn't even be talking but about this him right Metroplex
1: now. has 7 million people in yeah. it. Like, there's And room. more than
2: nine of us in the Metroplex, of those 7 million, would like to do radio. Yes. For a living wage.
1: Yes. And... We have that opportunity now because of this, and because of
2: because of Mike's Mike. decision to do it, and they have the opportunity to continue that to they do it. Are continuing to and do
1: the people who fill the Mike. gaps of our departures now
2: more opportunity have
1: more opportunity, and yeah, I think this is an everybody wins situation. That's kind of how I look at it.
0: Yep.
1: But the the tribalism of the ticket is an incredibly powerful thing.
0: I know, and the thing that really tilts it a certain way. Is that back in the, and this is before the time of either of you there, but back in the early days of the thing, I instituted a lot of that. I just drilled down on it hard with those guys that everybody thinks we're going to fail. We got nobody out there in our corner. We got nobody but us. And so we got to band together and fight the fight. Just us. And And it worked. Yeah, it did work. And we did. And you see what happened.
2: I think they're all doing okay.
0: Yeah, I think they are. I think they are indeed. And so are we. We're on our way. We are very much on our way. I think good things are going to be ahead for us here now. Are they good enough to where we will take down the ticket? I don't know. Time will tell. We'll see. But right now. What we got to think of is coming in here and doing the very best that we possibly can every single day. Yeah. That's what's ahead for us. And
1: we can revisit that question in three or four years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe that'll tell the tale. But what do you think of, quote, he destroyed relationships that have been in existence for 30 years? It's heartbreaking and unconscionable.
0: Well, I don't think I destroyed anything. If I destroyed something, that's because of them and not me. You know, if I got a call from any of those people today, I would take it and I would talk to them and it would be a lot like none of this ever even happened for me. Now, I don't know if that's how they would play it, but for me, it sure would. I don't think it's unconscionable. And in my view, I did not destroy relationships because for me, those relationships persist and they always will. Did you create the bunker? Yeah. Oh yeah. We created the bunker mentality for sure. Us against the world, man.
1: And it's genius. And
0: I have,
1: uh, I always said because of my paycheck, I was near the bunker. We were outside with a spear guarding the mm-hmm. bunker. You were
2: really close. We yeah. were on property. Yeah.
1: You, you were bunker security. <laughs> <Yeah,
2: exactly. laughs> They're in the bunker
1: and it's all spiced meats and the finest wines but I was, right. I was proud to be near the bunker for a very long time
4: mm-hmm.
1: but it's very genius how that you created that mentality for the station itself and it led to a lot of the success of the station but the listeners of the station I mean some of them are like blank you guys for even trying anything like their initial reaction is to be so defensive to protect the ticket which fine yeah, but it's I weird it to be like
0: I understand F that you well I don't know what to tell those people I mean, what should I tell him? What should I say to him?
2: It's my life.
0: Yeah, that's right.
2: You do what you want in your life. That's right. We'll do what we want in our lives.
0: The words of the great Eric Burden, it's my life and I'll do what I want.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's interesting.
0: It's wild times. It is
1: wild times. Uh, I know Ben and Skin addressed this a little bit earlier and this will... Uh, you're on zero hook, but let you off the hook for lack of communication over the last couple weeks and months. Because a lot of our friends have texted us and people you literally love. Yeah. And you couldn't tell them. Um, And there's assorted reasons for that. And I don't I don't know
0: how to want to. All right. Me. To that, I would say and have said that they ought to understand that as well as anybody. Yeah. Because... This same veil of secrecy that we tried to throw over this in the days leading up to us going on the air. We did that at the ticket too, and we pulled it off a lot better. Now, granted, back then it was a whole lot easier to pull something like that off yeah. than it is today. But that's another thing that, that, you know, was really preached over there is we got to keep this secret. It's not going to do any good to us for any of it to get out, because nobody knew who we were back then. Nobody Mm -hmm. knew us, and if they found out that we were going to do the all-sports station here, we would have been laughed out of the game before we even started by them. Did you guys make it to air? Before I mean, did the news
1: break anywhere prior to that in a newspaper? If it did, it
0: was only just a couple days before before anybody had any real time to react to it i'm sure they all thought well that'll never work but because that was the that was the vibe on sports radio in general in this town mm. and i don't know why this is somebody's going to have to explain it to me nobody ever has but the general vibe on sports radio was that you can't do it here it'll never work and hmm. i asked people this i talked to them about, about it before we started And they said, why? Well, number one, you'd need a team to cover their game, to carry their games. You can't get that. Number two, you'd need a big signal. You can't get that. Number three, you'd need big name air talent. You can't get that. Hmm. And that's all well and good, but nobody, nowhere in there did anybody tell me why we couldn't do it. Right. You know? That's just things that they're saying. Yeah. Those are just reasons why they thought it wouldn't work, but nobody, nobody in there really told me of any substantial, tangible thing that would keep us from doing it.
1: And how bizarre is it that now in 2022, in the city that they thought couldn't handle a sports talk station, there are multiple ones and of which we are not, but we are still competitors with them now. And we have this soap opera that I guarantee is not going on in any other city in America. And it's not in their local papers with quotes and all this stuff. And there's not too many elephants in too many radio station rooms. Yes. The Sharon Grigsby of Atlanta
0: has not gotten a hold of a story like this.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's exciting. Yeah. It's exciting for us uh, where we are. We're proud to be here. And honestly, it's I look at this as good people having fun. That's yep. all this yeah. is.
0: It's exciting for me. To be here and I don't really think about, you know, what's going on over there or what they think of it or anything. You know, it's just exciting for me to be, be here. I'm getting to do what I wanted. This came up. I didn't anticipate it coming up, but it, like I say, it was the one thing that if I didn't do it, then I was going to, to wander around the rest of my days at two o'clock in the morning every night wondering what if, what if I'd done that? Was there a moment
1: that clicked that you're going to do this? I mean, I know it was a series of moments and interactions and conversations, some of which I may have been involved in. But was there a look in the mirror moment of, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go back to another station and do it full time. No fill in. No, because, you know, you had had every option on the table. You could have done a. Monday, Monday, Friday thing. You could have done a couple days a week. You could have done an hour a day. Mm-hmm. You could have done your solo show, your own solo show for an hour or two hours a day. I mean, whatever you wanted, PDs would all say yes to. Well, I'm an all in
0: guy, though. If I'm going to do something, I'm going all in on
5: it. Love it.
0: And if I can't go all in, then I, I'm probably not going to be terribly interested in it. This presented me an all-in opportunity. Mm -hmm. So here I am.
2: And a couple days in, how are you feeling?
0: (laughs) Wonderful. Are you? Yeah. I'm feeling like I did the right thing. Good. Hell yes. I think you did.
2: I can't imagine this moment not existing now that we're in it. I'm
1: I'm glad it's here. It's been very slow yet very fast, you know?
4: Yeah.
0: That's a good way to put it. It's been going 20 miles an hour in a school zone, yet 100 miles an hour <laughs> yeah, at the same time. Yeah, but
2: your face is peeled back. Yeah. And your eyes and your ears are open. First place in the slowest bike <laughs> yeah, race. Yeah.
0: yeah, the slow bicycle race. <laughs> yes. 97 the free. First place in a slow bike race.
2: <laughs> we got it. We got it, team.
1: Well, I'm glad you made the decision you did, Julie. I'm very obviously glad that you are part of our station in in one form or another, and hopefully it's with us a a handful of the time because I think you're amazing. But these are good times, and it's it's fun in our ages even to be, like, involved in something new, exciting that people care about, that people are willing to even S on us online about or give us props and be proud of us for, like, either side of that. It's like we have huge changes going on, and, you know, you more than anyone else, Mike, so – high five. Yes. All right, uh speaking of Mike, he is known as Baseball Jesus and he's got the tale of Roger Maris and sort of how it applies to Aaron Judge's Judge's chase for the home run record that's going on in Arlington right now. We will do that in Sport Report next. But first, Michael,
0: Autoflex Leasing is what we need to talk about, Mikey. They are celebrating their 40th year of saving their clients time and money. With the average new car payment over $700, Leasing is the answer to saving you hundreds of dollars each month. Autoflex has brand new Hondas, Toyotas for less than you'll pay at a new car dealership. They lease and sell every make, every model, new, pre-owned, no matter what you're looking for. You can find it at Autoflex. I've done business with them many, many times over the years, and I've never Walked away, not satisfied. But don't take my word for it. Read the thousands of five-star reviews for yourself. They all speak of how easy, convenient, and hassle-free things are at Autoflex. They're the automotive experts. Let them evaluate your unique situation and guide you to the most cost-effective options. They want you to have all the information you need to make the best decision, even if you don't buy from them. Save time, save money. Lease better at Auto Flex Leasing. Call 972-234-1234. 972-234-1234. It is Auto Flex
5: Leasing. You're listening to The Dandy on 97. one. The Freak. Hell yeah, you are. Damn
1: straight. For the second like time or not. <laughs> We hope you like it. I like it. I'm having fun. I like it, too. I love fun because I'm on team having fun. Fun is going on. I was not given the honorary Shoopy title that Julie was within like an hour of working with you guys.
2: Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Too bad. Too bad. So sad.
1: (laughs) They are earned. I don't know what I need to do. But if you try, it's not going to work. That's right. I will not try. You are
2: all already Mike. You can't all also be Shoopy. I know, we can't be Mike, 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 and all (laughs) Shoopy.
0: Shoopy,
4: Shoopy, Shoopy.
0: It's gotta just kinda... i
4: am
0: obsessed with this song.
4: that song's called so many Mike seriously yes
1: I have no idea who sings it. somebody just said it to me I'm like that's the greatest thing ever so it's many Mike for you guys so many Mike there are two if that gets confusing we can just change our show name to Frankel Frankel and Frankel <laughs> that's right we, and we can. can just go that route. <laughs> If we want. I think
2: they'd like
4: that. Because <laughs> we
1: love them, men. Uh, we have the Sunset Lounge coming up in about a half an hour. That's where we put the feet up, Mike. Yes. We grab the cocktail. That's right. The vibe changes. And uh these blinds and this window behind them, we roll the little thing and we open them up and we watch mm-hmm. the old girl go down one more time. Right. And it's going to be pleasant, just like every single evening in the Sunset Lounge is. But right now, it is time for something else, Gruber.
3: Report.
0: I just knew that was going to end with a fart drop.
4: <laughs>
1: no, it's time for sport report. Yes. <laughs> Which I think is the first element groups made for the, for yes. the show. I was very proud of it. So sport good. report. I'm so amped up. For Not sport to be reporters. confused with the sport report. And if you say that, you're saying it wrong. Mm-hmm. That's right. This is sport report. No the to it. Yeah. So many mic. There's no, no, on here on so many mic. Um, and we have a very special sport report. I almost said the because, uh, we have a special guest joining us in studio.
2: Oh, I didn't know that. Should we pull up a chair? It's freaking baseball Jesus
1: who is wow. back once again because the world of baseball going wild. We have Aaron Judge in town in Arlington, about to kick off the second leg of a doubleheader. He is stuck on sixty-one home runs, and his final attempt to hit sixty-two will be tomorrow afternoon. Yes, and we have baseball Jesus to tell us what the heck is going on.
0: Yes, it's a very significant time in baseball going on right here in our fair burg. First of all, with the season that this team has had, who would have thought? Yet, here it is. What, there there be significance? in Yeah, in a September game with only like two games left in the season? Who thought anybody would be paying attention to what the Little Rangers are up to? Can
1: I make Baseball Jesus angry? Go ahead. Let's play, I'm going to try to guess the Rangers' record right now. Okay. 162 games they got two left so 160 um I don't know cuz I do not I have not watched any and I'm intrigued to hear about it I think the only at bat I watched all season was with you mm-hmm. at our former colleague Dave Lane's house and it was a walk-off home run I believe by Ronaldis Garcia yeah and that was exciting but I really think that might be the only bat at bat I've seen so I'm going to say mm-hmm. the can. Rangers are no yeah no I'm not and now I have okay. to also do math, which I didn't expect.
2: Yeah, you put yourself in this corner, though.
1: 70 and 90. Um,
2: What? Is that not enough?
1: It's
3: too many. That's 160, and there's two games left. I'm just saying the kind of the wins and losses. Oh,
1: oh okay, yes. Yeah. But wins? my math
3: works. I believe so, yeah.
1: Are they worse than 70 and 90? 66 and 94 right now.
3: Okay.
2: You were pretty close. That's
1: a dub. That's the
2: the club yeah, network groups is
1: um was a little yeah,
2: misleading. I was, I was, sorry. That's
1: 160. That's the only part I was really worried about, I was getting the um, math right. Uh, are we dead last in the division? Uh afraid we are. We're a terrible baseball team this season
0: overall, right? Well, oh, fourth place. I'm I'm sorry, somebody's worse. Okay. Yeah, the A's. That's oh, good. yeah, the A's. <laughs> That's
4: good. Is that going
0: for us? <laughs> the A's, A's who, their guts. who weren't trying at all this year. At least the Rangers are trying something. They're oh. trying to rebuild. Overall, uh Simeon and Seeger,
1: what's your thumb position? Would it be thumb up, thumb down, thumb to the side? Thumb up. I'll thumb give, up. Yeah, I'll give it like, thumb. But not straight I'll up.
0: Get, uh, no, no, not straight up. Okay. Right because here? Because I think... Right um, Higher? Um just a just little do bit. it with your thumb instead of guiding my thumb. Okay.
2: He told us about his thumb uh, already.
1: And put it about there. Okay, so just barely past half thumb.
0: Yeah, and the reason I put it there is because I think the slow starts that both of those guys got off to really damaged the team yep. this year. Hmm. I mean, early in the season things were going so bad for both of them that between innings, Corey Seager would be running out to play shortstop and he just had this Glazed eye. What have I done? Look on his face. Well, but he was playing poorly, right? Yeah. Okay. He was he yeah. was playing poorly, but he looked like I can't believe I'm here. This really sucks. Yeah.
2: That bled into the lineup. You think?
0: Yeah, I think it did. I yeah. think it permeated throughout the team. And I'm not blaming those guys because they both turned their season around and they're going to wind up with pretty nice numbers. And if you didn't know that happened. Just to look at their stats on a page, you probably wouldn't know. But I think that really hurt them. I told so, you,
1: we talked about it a little bit, and I was a little excited when they signed those guys, and I'm like, cool, let's get some big boys, some boppers in here, and you're right, I think it was the first week. Yeah. And it's just, uh oh. And for a...
0: That first week turned into the first couple of months for both of them. Yeah. For both of them. And
1: for a marginal fan like me, if it starts like that, it's real quick to jump ship when it looks like same old Rangers.
0: Yeah. Well, the season became all about finding some guys, and they have, I think, found a few guys who quite possibly could be here when the thing gets good again. But tonight, and for the rest of the way, There's going to be big drama going on out there because Aaron Judge has tied the American League home run record, and if he hits one more, he will break it. The record is 61, set by Roger Maris, who played for, of course, the Yankees in 1961. And I want to get into the story of Roger Maris here because If there was anybody who was a guy who just could not handle all that went on with this, it was him. And he didn't go off the rails or anything like that, but he was kind of a tormented soul by it all. Because he was a Midwestern guy. He was not a real big name in baseball until he got to the Yankees. He started his career off with Cleveland and a couple of years in was traded to Kansas City. Well, the Kansas City A's at that time were what amounted to a Yankee farm team. Because any time the A's would find a good player, mm-hmm. the Yankees would get on the phone with them and go, Hey, little buddy, look at these guys who have been on our World Series team. Now, I know they're 35, 36 years old, but you can have them if we can have that guy. Really? Yeah. So just somebody that will sell you some tickets. Yeah. That you give us your actual talented
1: younger player. Yeah,
0: and the A's would always go for it. Like being hoodwinked or knowing the bit? I don't know. It's hard to say that you're hoodwinked when it happens over and over again, you know? Yeah. being, Being fools more than anything else. But they went for it time and time again, and that's how Roger Maris got to the Yankees. And he got there in 1960, and he was a good player. He was a really, really good player. He was a good hitter. He was good on defense. He was a good athlete. He came from North Dakota. And I've heard that he was about as good a football player as he was a baseball player. But he opted for baseball. And his first year with the Yankees was 1960. And he hit 39 home runs then. Okay. And that... Well, that's a nice year for anybody. I'm sorry, first year with the Yankees, you said? Yeah, first year with the Yankees. 39. Yeah. Okay.
1: And was that an outlying number compared to what he did, done
0: in Kansas City? It it was more, yeah. Okay. But the thing about it is, Roger Maris was a left-hand hitter. And the left field fence at Yankee Stadium at that time, Yankee Stadium Senior we're talking about here, we're now on Yankee Stadium the third, Mm -hmm. was about 296 feet from home plate. I mean, you could hit a lot of... Popcorn farts and they'd get out of there. <laughs> so he, it was a place that was made for him. The Yankees were real good at identifying guys who could take aim at that fence. Okay. And they identified him as being one of those, but I don't think they were ready for what happened the next year. I don't think he was ready for what happened the next year because here he was, this Midwestern guy. Who just kind of wanted to play the game and then go home and be left alone, and all of a sudden he starts hitting home runs one after the other, and the next thing you know, he's tied Babe Ruth for the all-time home run record. Who, who, and that didn't sit well with a lot of people because they viewed Babe Ruth as a true Yankee. Mm-hmm. Now. all-time home run record, the most vaunted record in all of sports back then. And you have to put the picture in the frame here. Baseball was much, much bigger than the NFL, the NBA, any other sport. It was a sport that captivated the American sporting public back then. And Yankee fans and a lot of the American sporting publics thought that if anybody should break that record of a true Yankee, it should be another true Yankee. And to them, Roger Maris was not one. It's pretty bizarre that Babe Ruth had the record, and then there's
1: a battle with Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle, and now Aaron Judge, and they're all Yankees. Yeah.
4: It's... Why?
1: Why? <laughs> because the the Yankees foster that sort of thing. Like, I never thought about the Aaron Judge angle until right now, that some old person is so proud that this record's coming back to the Yankees, right? Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, they they think it's completely the natural order of things it where it belongs. That that stay here. Yes, that the uh the record's going to be broken by another Yankee and they completely disregard the fact that in the National League that record was broken years ago. Now it was broken by steroid users and you can uh, I don't know, you can do your own thing with that. You can read anything you want into that and Have your own dialogue about whether or not those guys really hold the record or not. That's up to you. I don't play that game anymore myself because there's just no real right answer there. Mm -hmm. But anyway, they wanted Mickey Mantle to be the one to break the record. And as the season went on and this thing started to take shape, it appeared that Maris had better odds than Mantle. And he started getting covered by the leering press in ways that he could not believe. He would never seen anything like it before. And, you know, he was a Midwestern guy. He was a real private guy. He wasn't a big yuckster. He didn't try to harbor the media or anything like that. Just wanted to play the game and go home. And this affected him in a very, very averse way. They said it kept him up at night. He couldn't sleep. He lost a lot of weight during this time, although to look at him, you wouldn't know it. Mm. I mean, he wasn't just a really huge guy anyway, but he was strong. He was really well-muscled and had big-ass arms and and did something to the sleeves of his jersey so they'd fit in there and everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he just wanted to, you know, play the game and go home, and that was it. And all of a sudden, the leering press was covering every move he made. Was he not the one who famously was losing his hair? Yes, he is the one. Okay, just because of the stress of this yeah, case. They said that big, um, clops of his hair would, fa- had fallen out just because of the stress of all this. He just had a really, really hard time dealing with it all. And, and that's just the, you know, the, the kind of guy he was and the nature of the coverage up there in New York at that time. Because, you know, now in New York, I believe they have um four daily newspapers, I think. And then you got some in New Jersey. Well, imagine how many they had at that time.
4: Mm-hmm, yeah.
0: There were a ton of newspapers. And this was the biggest news story in New York at that time. And it captured the imagination of the American sporting public like few things ever have. And it was really, really hard for poor Roger Maris to deal with, but he finally got the record, although a lot of people didn't want him to. And they, there were some things that people tried to do to keep him from getting the record. What do you mean? Um, I don't know. Just try to, tried, just things they would try to do to gum up the work. They tried to talk Casey Stingle into not playing him, you know, mm-hmm. making him sit out thinking that he might need rest or something like that. But Casey Stingle, the manager, wouldn't do that. He kept on playing him. Roger Maris finally got the record, but boy, he paid a price for it. He paid a mighty, mighty price for it. And um, he played out the rest of his career with the Yankees, but there wasn't too much more of that. It was really a relatively short career. And he passed on to the next plane at the age of 50, I believe, somewhere around there. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Died of cancer. And he beat Babe Ruth's record by one. Yes. He hit 61 on the last day of the season against the Red Sox and their pitcher, Tracy Stallard, who shall now live in infamy. <laughs> wow. But it was a really rough go for Roger Maris. It was a rough time for him. It was a, uh, uh, you know, a time that he really didn't have any control over his own fate. He just could go out there and play the game the best he could and he wound up breaking the record and that would be really neat for somebody today to do. But back then that guy seemed to really want no part of it. Like I mean the crowd went nuts when he oh, did yeah, it, right? They did. So
1: they, I mean the... they
0: loved him. The crowd
1: fans okay. loved him. So the negativity was from perhaps the press or even uh, well i don't know if it was
0: negativity from them there was just so much of it so much of it and for a guy like that who had never been exposed to anything like that i mean when the yankees got him he was really just a guy yeah good player but you know never did never did anything to attract too much attention to himself and mm-hmm. he was really you know just another guy in the game of baseball but he turned into something quite a bit bigger than that and that record was 1961, right? Yes,
1: 1961. And it lasted until what?
4: 98.
1: Hmm. Yeah, officially or unofficially, yeah, however
4: you want to look at it.
1: I told you in the pre-show. I in 1998, when the McGuire-Sosa war was on, which was an incredibly memorable summer of baseball. Man, that was fun. And I it was like, you all knew they were juiced up. Um, and I don't. You know, like you said earlier, I frankly don't care, which is the real record. I mean, it's just fun to watch this stuff. But I lived in Arizona at the time, and Mark McGuire was coming through town to a Bank One Ballpark, the home of the Arizona Diamondbacks. So we're like, we're going. We're going to see this thing. And we, uh, we drove down the highway from Flagstaff to Phoenix, Arizona, a couple hours. And we got there super early because we wanted to be there for batting practice. I mean, this was like the story. Oh, yeah. You know, this was incredible. There's, doc, you know, obviously the documentaries, 30 for 30s and stuff. It was 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 on the national news every night. Yeah, exactly. And they were such friends, you know, like Sosa McGuire. They're bash-brothering each other and hugging. It was a pretty feel-good thing at the time. It wasn't soiled with the... I don't. I don't remember if it was swallowed with the steroid allegations or if everyone just knew it. Or I think we all kind of looked the other way that year until maybe it was over.
0: I don't know. You heard a lot about about it. There's a lot of suspicion that that was yeah. going on, but it really didn't ramp up until the off season, as I recall. Yeah. If you really want to rock and roll with the Roger Maris story, there is this movie called "61" with an asterisk. Now, see, that was another big point of contention. Because baseball had gone from a 154-game season, which is what it was when Babe Ruth played, mm-hmm. to the 162 games that it is now. So Roger Maris had eight more games okay. than Babe Ruth. Yeah. And baseball, in their efforts to protect the legacy of Babe Ruth and protect the legacy of the old-time Yankees, put an asterisk by the Roger Maris record. And whenever you saw it, virtually anywhere, it would have that asterisk. Really? Yeah. Now, they later on, I, about, I think, seven or eight years after the fact, they removed the asterisk. Mm-hmm. And now it appears as the record, which it is. But if you really want to rock and roll with this thing, um, probably in the mid-90s, 97, 98, something like that, Billy Crystal... Directed a movie about this called 61 mm. with an asterisk and Roger Maris is played by Barry Pepper, who I don't know what he's done since then, but <laughs> he's boy, in like saving private Ryan and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. So he's got some cred here. So, and he really had the Roger Maris look down. And if you really want to get a feel for what it was like. I think this movie does an excellent job of getting that across of what it must have been like. Yeah. At that time, I heard of that movie, seen the the cover, or the poster, or whatever,
1: but I've I've never watched it.
0: We got to go to New York for the premiere of it, and had Billy Crystal on the air. Hey, no yeah, you, yeah. Dressed, you have a suit on. Um, did I have a suit on? Yeah. I don't think so. At the premiere? Um, I might have. I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. I had to double check, but
1: Barry Pepper, the Dale Earnhardt story, the famous, uh, I just want to race, Daddy. Oh, yeah.
0: The great Barry Pepper. Yeah. Seems to have a thing. This seems to be a niche for him.
1: (laughs) Yeah, athletes. Uh Well, real quickly, when I went and saw Mark McGuire, I was all excited and went and watched BP. His first bit is the whole crowd's buzzing, and then he squares up to bunt on the first pitch of BP. And then he's like, no. And then he laughs and does the <laughs> arm wave. Uh And then he just strokes balls into left field. We were in left field, but he just hammered them all day. I'm like, I didn't get one, obviously, but it was really fun. And you wait for the game to start. We're in left field still. Here we go. This is it. 0 for 4 with three Ks. And the very next night at Bank One Ballpark, we hit Parky hit three home runs. <laughs> Isn't that the way it goes? So I saw near history. Isn't that the way it goes? It's always me standing outside the bunker holding a no. spear instead of instead of inside watching home runs.
0: Well, Roger Maris, there there was no uh not too much having fun yeah. with him on yeah. this. All right, there you go. Baseball Jesus
1: back, and we will keep a close eye on Aaron Judge as he tries to beat Roger Maris' record uh tonight and tomorrow afternoon out in Arlington. Coming up next, it is the Sunset Lounge, but first a little chit chat about our friends at the Low T Center, uh, testosterone talk. You've probably, you know what? Are you talking about it? Because it's something that I don't know if everyone's talking about, but ask your friends. I bet people you know are Low T Center customers because they've done their homework and they go to a provider that they can trust and you should too and I recommend the Low T Center. They exclusively specialize in men's wellness. And, uh, they check all your levels. That is your PSA included, which is, uh, your prostate, thyroid, liver, kidney function, cholesterol, glucose levels, and more. Uh, it'll give you a little boost in the bedroom. It'll help you in the gym. If you're getting a little flabby around the midsection, Low T Center is my spot for all things men's wellness.
0: The Low T Center has affordable and convenient options, Mikey, for treatment, including monitored self-inject treatment that ships directly to you each month. Make your health a priority. Schedule your annual health assessment at the Low T Center today. It's covered by most health insurance or less than $100 cash pay. Go to the Low T Center, go to center.com to book your appointment online. That's LowTcenter.com. Low T Center. Re- oh. Inventing. I thought
1: we were going to yodel it.
0: Okay. All right. Yodel it. Go ahead. Now
5: we're late. He's yelling
0: at us. All right. Reinventing men's health care. <laughs>
5: It's the downbeat on ninety-seven-one. The freak. Damn straight
0: it is. What a time we have had and here today. Wonderful. Thank you, Jules. You've added that ray of sunshine that only you can. The proceedings in here today. I'm keeping her. You guys just say the word. i like keep her too. It's just like Elon Musk's legal battle. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see.
1: Yeah, we'll have a legal legal battle of our own. Do you have 40, for, over you? Do you have 44 billion dollars?
2: That's what it'll cost. I'm Did afraid. I say
1: million in the thing? I think I said million in the thing.
2: What is it? Billion? Yeah, it's
0: billion. I thought it was a billion too. No.
2: No one knows what you said. It already happened. It's over. Doesn't matter anymore.
0: Yeah, it's billion. Okay, I thought millions sounded a little light for Twitter. Yeah? Yeah. We would have got in on that. Yeah. All right, it is 6.37 here on The Ticket. (laughs) The day is done, but before you head home, you need a place, a certain kind of place, where they know you and you know them one where you can take the edge off a place where the lights are dim the music swings but it's never too loud and you don't even have to tell them when to make it a double where the skirts are tight and the necklines plunge you say no such place exists ah but it does it's the Sunset Lounge step inside the green door sit at the bar and get in the groove with the Sunset Lounge right here on the downbeat on ninety seven
4: the freak. Just do it again.
2: It's already a classic if that's possible. Will you do it every day? It's
1: already epic. I'll do it every day. <laughs> the funny thing is is what, in a two, three weeks, we'll all have that memorized. We'll all be saying it to ourselves. Too cool
2: feel lucky to be in the Sunset Lounge today.
1: Grab a drink. That's right. I think Slow Gin Fizz is the cocktail That's special right. this evening. And they know when to make it a double. They
2: sure do. That's <laughs> tonight, baby. You don't
1: even have to tell. Right them. now. It is the Sunset Lounge, where our day is pretty much done, much like yours. is. the sun disappearing over the horizon. Oh, looking for the green flash. Do you know the green flash? No. Uh, people of the sea, mariners, seamen. They often hmm. talk of the green flash. It's the moment the sun disappears into the sea. Well, I know you were a man of the sea. Thank you. Thank you. And mm-hmm. often, if you look closely, that last moment as it disappears, you can see, for the third time, the green flash. <laughs> what a cool name for a segment, too. The green flash. Yeah. yeah. I need that. And you like nautical stuff. Yeah, I do. You love it. You love to heat things trice segment. up. I mean. That's right. Oh, the star segment, the green flash.
2: Yeah. There we go. We're I just her. wedged hockey in here. $44
1: million. <laughs> She's ours. Sorry, speakeasy.
0: She's ours. <laughs> Bad news.
2: <laughs> They're not down on my hockey talk.
0: <laughs> well, we've had a notable death in the world of music. Loretta Lynn, the noted country singer, has passed on to the next plane. She died at her home in Hurricane Mills, Tennessee. Her family said in a statement, that she died in her sleep, which is Jack the paw. best that you can hope for. Right? That's right. God, like that's... Kenny Rogers told us in The Gambler.
2: Yeah.
1: Best you can hope for. Is to die in your mm-hmm. sleep. That's right. Oh, fingers crossed.
2: Natural causes. It's just like the queen on her death certificate said cause of death, old age. And old not age. getting
1: to hear the freak.
3: Yeah.
2: Oh, I know. The poor thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. The queen didn't even make it. Do we have any... Uh, we don't have a name yet, but listeners in uh, Jolly Old England maybe bring a boombox and set it by the where the Queen lies.
2: Mm-hmm. They oughta go play the Sunset Lounge intro for her. Yeah. This is the only
0: second well, she's been, been on for two days, <laughs> so I doubt that we've made it over to Jolly Old Yet. The but pond. We will. You
2: never we know. We will. You never know.
0: Uh, let's see. She lived seventy miles west of Nashville in a place called Hurricane Mills. It was a tourist destination. Loretta Lynn became a wife at 15.
2: Wow. That's
0: the way they did things in the country back then, Jules. I guess so. A mother at 16. And to show that she really kept it real, a grandmother in her early 30s. Damn. Wow. She was married to a womanizing sometime bootlegger who managed her to start him. And that story made her autobiography, Coal Miner's Daughter, a bestseller. And, of course, grist for the movie of the same name. Uh, you just heard a little bit of um, her music back there in the background. We're a little bit more, Shoopy, if you got it.
4: Lord, day. Why, I've seen her.
0: She was a voice for the ordinary woman of the 60s. recording According, according to the New York Times, three-minute morality plays in the 1960s and 70s, many written by her, and she dealt with the changing mores of women throughout America. Now, I was... Mm, mm, really? Never a huge fan. I did play with a woman country singer one time mm, who did a lot of her stuff. And this woman just absolutely killed it. Yeah? Just nice. really destroyed. But, um I don't know, if I was going to listen to... Country music sung by a woman. I don't don't know that she was go-to for me, but I do know a lot of her hits, such as "You Ain't Woman Enough to Take My Man." (laughs) Is that this? Because I'm wondering if there's one song that I know,
1: because I I don't know much about.
2: I mean, you recognize her voice, right? I do
1: recognize her voice, but not. Yeah. You don't recognize the last one? Coal Miner's Daughter? I've heard the term Coal Miner's Daughter. I don't, no, I don't think I recognize the song. Why don't you play Don't "Don't don't Come Home a Drinkin' with Lovin' on Your Mind?
0: No sooner said
2: than done. That's a great (laughs) title. That's usually what the drinkin' does.
4: Well, you thought I'd be waitin' up when you came home last night. Been out
2: I mean, I like her whole MO. I get it too. She was kind of like Carrie Underwood before Carrie Underwood yeah. was a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, she, Carrie Underwood has Before He Cheats and yeah. Louisville Slugger to both headlights. Really? She's yeah. up for Women. That's a Standing song of her. Oh yeah.
1: yeah! Hold on, she, Carrie Underwood has a song called "Louisville Slugger" to both. It's headlights? called "Before no.
2: He Cheats."
0: Yeah, there's a that's a line in. there. Hell yeah,
2: yeah. You're <laughs> gonna go wreck shop and anyone wooden, that messes with her man, just like bat? Loretta Lynn did. There we go. Oh, this is it. Okay, now we do that. You know it. Oh, I
4: heard this
2: one. Yeah.
1: Get to that line. I can't wait for that one. I don't know what it is. <laughs>
5: Now going a little bit... Dancing where the beach yeah, we got time.
2: Yeah. the Sunset Lounge. The lounge.
3: That's
1: all right. right. Look where my feet are, Jules.
0: They're
2: up. Beach blonde tramp. That already Hold happened in the first line. She's not messing around. Loretta Lynn wasn't messing around.
4: Oh,
0: no. Loretta Lynn had songs called The Pill and Rated X. Whoa.
2: Banned from radio, even back yes, in the day. that's
0: right. The Pill, is that The Pill.
4: I guess. Yeah.
0: yeah, that was The
1: Pill. The Pill. Yes. She wrote a whole song about it. that that's, that got that whole thing.
2: Yeah. I mean, think how. We all
1: know what The Pill is.
3: Think I mean, how much that changed pills. the world. He's yeah. apparently also got a song called Fist City. Yes, that's right. But I get the feeling it's not that.
4: <laughs> not <wet> groups. <laughs> what, groups. What? She has one called Rated what, what, X, so what, how do you know? What are
0: you talking about?
3: I don't know, Shoopy. I'm going to write that on our unofficial show. Fist City <laughs> slogans.
1: <laughs> In honor of the great Loretta, yes, Loretta Lynn. Straight
3: from Fist City. Fist City.
0: <laughs>
3: Fist City.
0: Man, she's got one hit after another. What a career Loretta Lynn had. Loretta Lynn was 90 years old.
1: What a run. I want to ask you all something. There's something that came up when we had Ben and Skin in here the other day. Because they were saying how they've worked at a bunch of radio stations, but they've never been fired from any. And I got to thinking, have you all been fired from a job? And I asked Mike this earlier, and your answer
0: was? Every job I've ever had. <laughs> except for my, my last one.
2: Yeah, you just walked down the hallway. Is
0: that right? Yeah.
1: How, any non-radio jobs? you got fired from? Uh, because it well, seems
0: inevitable in radio. Well, I've been kicked out of a lot of bands. <laughs> okay. Why? Because I wasn't right for the gig or didn't get along with somebody or something like that. Yeah. But I've lasted a long time in a lot of them, too.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: How does yeah. that work when you get kicked out of the band? One guy tells you, or they all gather around? and
0: Usually they all gather around. Oh. And, and tell they you, man, hey, you just ain't doing it for us.
2: That sounds hurtful.
0: I got bad oh, news for you, bud. It's bub. awful. when
2: ganging up on you. It's awful. Yeah. I'd rather
0: get fired from a job. It's
2: like playground gotta go bully to, stuff. You got to go to
0: HR or something. And you
1: just pack up your instruments <laughs> yeah. and walk out and then... Yeah. Tail back, between your legs. let you Just back get one your stuff get
0: out of there. One last time. You and know. go,
2: find me a new band. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: And you did. Every time.
0: Yeah.
2: Found a new radio Look. station, found a new band. hmm.
0: Look back at them and say, You will rue the day. <laughs> <laughs> and they haven't. They have not rude.
1: At least the, band. the, no, radio the stations bands. The bands did. Perhaps. How'd you get fired from radio stations? Was that a walk in, have a seat, and. Um, new, new direction? Yeah, you're the fir- great. The
0: first one was from the zoo. And that happened because the station got sold. And uh, yes, it's walk in, have a seat there's the general manager up there going, man, this has been, really been a tough day, Mike. Yeah. And I knew what was up. Yeah. This is going to hurt me more than you. Yeah. And I said, okay, Gene, just give it to me. Just tell me what's going on here. Because yeah. he and I always got along real well. I know what's up. Just give me the spiel and let me get out of here.
4: Yeah.
0: And um, let's see, from WBAP, it was because they needed the minuscule amount of money I made to pay for Randy Galloway, who was about to come mm. on board. Mm-hmm. That hurts. Yeah. Never heard of that? <laughs> Guys? <laughs>
1: nope. Yep. How about you, Jules? You ever take the axe?
2: Yeah, I've been fired a couple times. The first one was my first job ever when I was 15, working at Fru <laughs> Hold on.
0: What? No, what is <laughs> hold on, cool hold on. We're all going to place our bets.
2: I'm thinking...
1: Uh, kind of a hipster uh frozen uh juice froyo You're pretty close. Right? But maybe coffee too cuz the uh, like
2: Audi I don't think they had coffee.
0: Was this in Austin?
2: It was in Austin. It was in the food court at Barton <sighs> Creek Mall.
0: I will say yogurt. Yeah. But <laughs> we getting-
4: take it. Are yeah, getting- I'm-, I'm getting ready? that. I will say yogurt. Oh, no, no. There's, been so, no, many no, no, There's no. been so many things to no take. There's been so many things take today,
0: in this group. Was... No drops from the sunset lounge. I thought there were no drops in this joint. Uh, uh,
4: we didn't what? agree to that, Shoopy. You got to put it in the rules. Right, screw it.
0: I'm going to the ticket. <laughs> oh, God.
2: You got to uh, put it in the mantra. We
3: need Papa. <laughs> I will say, yogurt.
2: Papa, pull that while you're at it, no
3: <laughs> Nah, my drops aren't funny.
2: <laughs> no, they are funny. Um, yeah, they served smoothies, fruit yeah. chillers, <laughs> um, sandwiches that were pretty good. It was my first job and I loved the idea of working at a smoothie shop and, uh, being the front facing person that got to kind of like flirt with the boys. Yeah. But um, you like
1: clean up after the shift or?
2: Well, that's what it turned into. It wasn't exactly what I thought it was it gonna be. Glamorous they wanted the- me to be in the kitchen doing dishes. Yeah. And I think I just wasn't complying and I got the axe.
0: Yeah. You the didn't a- approach that very enthusiastically?
2: Yeah, no. I'm like I wanna I wanna be handing people the smoothies and Having fun, yeah. right? Yeah. I like talking. Sure. Here I am now. I yeah. like talking to people. You were right. I didn't want to be back in the kitchen.
1: They'll rue the day. He's a people right. person.
2: <laughs> they, they will rue Smooth-a-roo. the day. <laughs> um, and then the other one was <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> when I was doing Rangers baseball games Uh-oh. Um, Friday nights for TXA 21. I did a season and a half. And I think they just kind of were done with me after I called um it was when John Radigan had taken over for Josh Lewin uh-huh. and I couldn't get the names right, and I kept calling John Josh something like that, and i was it was a name you know. Just like Stumble.
1: you. Just like you with Ben and Skin now.
2: With Ben and Skin now, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this has always been a problem of mine. Apparently. <laughs> uh, and I think they just, you know, someone over at the Rangers didn't really love that. Someone who just went into the Hall of Fame with the Rangers. Um, and that's understandable. You gotta get people's names right. And that's why I was just never, I don't know. Do, when you're doing time short time. spurts of reporting, it's like a lot of pressure for like thirty seconds or a minute to say everything perfectly. Yeah, and I just never like thrived in that, you know. And this is much better for me. I just Thought you were good. Well, thanks. I was okay. It didn't stick. I had a few, <laughs> a lot of different stops, and it never really stuck. But that one, I remember. I was on vacation in uh Mexico when I got the call. Oh I was no! Kind of down. Well,
0: that's actually a good spot, right? So you got fired on vacation? Yeah, huh? I did. Wow. I did. That's cold.
2: It was cold-hearted, <laughs> cold-hearted. <laughs> but it was fine. It all worked. I've back. been
1: fired twice. <clears throat> from uh, the second firing was from Crystal Creek Sandwich Company, okay, in Flagstaff, Arizona. Now I, you're probably not going to believe me, but they, the entire staff, got fired because somebody was selling weed out of the sandwich shop. Well, you can't do that. Yeah, and people like com- somebody was you. No, it wasn't me. I promise. But they just fired the whole staff because they couldn't really figure out who it was. But people would, like, order a sandwich and there's, you know, like some code word. And you get a quarter quarter sack of weed. So this was an operation. I think, yeah. I swear I wasn't involved. I would, at this point, I think the statute of limitations is expired. I would admit it, but I was not involved.
2: Fire the whole staff. So no one's there the next day to give anybody a sandwich. Man, I'd
1: take credit for that. Yeah, it's cooler, (laughs) cooler to take credit. Uh, my other firing was before that, and this is gonna be an insane sentence. I got fired from the Laurel Oak Country Club in Sarasota because I allegedly-
0: This is gonna involve golf.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, kind of, because I allegedly stole one of Monica Sellis' golf clubs. What? (laughs) But the real reason I got fired from there was because I broke an old man named Aubrey's wooden chair because I was so excited that the Orlando Magic won the NBA lottery for the rights to draft Shaquille O'Neal.
2: Won the NBA lottery. How'd you break his chair? chair?
1: I was sitting in his chair, we were watching the NBA lottery, and the ball came up, and it became the fact that Orlando Magic had the first pick, and we were screaming Shaquille O'Neal in that old wooden chair, and I was leaning back in it, like, put my arms up, and the chair just disintegrated under my athletic build.
2: That'll happen. I knew Florida
0: was going to be involved in this in some way.
2: Uh
0: Uh-huh. Well, I did live there. That is where I got fired.
2: That's a pretty epic firing story. (laughs) Yeah. I think you win.
5: And
1: Aubrey was so mad at me, but they couldn't fire me for breaking his chair because that doesn't make sense. So apparently somebody was fishing around Monica Sellis' golf bag because she lived in Sarasota. I think she still does. And they claimed that I'd stolen her golf clubs, which I did not. Who framed you. I don't know. I think a guy up in the pro shop who hated me because I was a smart ass.
2: Hmm. It's rude.
1: Did you plead your case? No, I don't think I care. I went across the street and got a job at Bent Tree Country Club.
2: Hmm. We have one of those here.
1: That's where Paul Azinger's parents lived. At Bent Tree.
2: Paul Azinger? <laughs>
1: the golfer. Do you know him? Mm-mm. You don't know the Zinger? <laughs> but yeah, he worked there. So only two firings.
4: All right. Yeah, it's not bad. Not bad. Not a bad us, total Look at of us now. All right, I'm the
0: firing leader on this show. Yeah, It's <laughs> sort <laughs>
3: Age what about you, I Shoopy? You I've never been fired. I pretty much just quit everything I've done.
2: Shoopy <laughs> <Sure laughs> likes sense. to get jobs and quit them. Yeah. Well,
3: don't do get this. It
2: quit it, Shoopy.
3: But I feel pretty good about this one being
1: my first. <laughs> Best of luck on that quest. Thank you. Another adventure in the Sunset Lounge where there are only five rules, Michael. Make out hard. Stay out of the left lane unless you're passing. Tip 20%. Do not litter. And just be nice to each and every person you come across on this big, stupid, spinning blue marble. If you
0: can't do that, what can you do? What can you do? Indeed. All right. That is going to wrap it up for us today. It has been lovely once again. Thanks to Shoopy over there twisting and tweaking. As only he can. For Jules, for Mikey, I'm Mike Reiner. Be with us tomorrow at 3. With another edition of the downbeat.
4: She